Cod Moth. Oggi resplendiamo a la luce de la grandeza de Buffy. <laughs> I, sound like, I sound like a vampire Muppet. So I, <laughs> so I obviously don't know Italian. But you know who does? The goddamn legendary actor Franco Nero. It's honestly embarrassing that he hasn't arrived on the show yet, but that doesn't mean he hasn't been brought up by listeners and friends and all that good stuff. It is my pleasure to honor that golden god mustache of his in the 1974 Belizioteschi film Street Law. Nero plays a white-collar guy with some deep pockets who has his insecurities and manhood tested by the gritty street dwellers of the underground. Sound familiar? Either way, this movie, <laughs> this movie, in my opinion, has a much different tone than I thought it would have, and I can't wait to get into it, so let's jump into our 1970s Fiat 500, repair it after driving a few miles, then downshift it to third gear and rev that four-banger because it's time to catch some bad guys. Now play that shit theme song. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most podcast you we're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips, it's the mustachio podcastio. What is up? This is Daniel Segura, your host of the Mustachio Podcastio, and it is wonderful to finally welcome today's guest to the show. I should have had him tons of episodes ago, but I'm glad he's here. He co-hosts a podcast called They Must Be Destroyed On Side! Exclamation mark! Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and honestly, does a bunch of other stuff that I'm sure we'll learn about. His name is Lee Russell. Welcome to the show, Lee. Oh, Daniel, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, Hell yeah, man. This is one of my favorite shows, uh, and I'm not just saying that because I was invited on. I mean, when when I look for like podcasts I want to listen to, I love a good podcast with a good gimmick, and this podcast <laughs> has a great gimmick, so that's going to keep me listening. And uh, yeah, I'm that's I'm really awesome. yeah I'm really honored to be on. It, uh, I'm excited. Hell yeah, dude! I'm glad you even uh, had the time to come on. I know uh, we had some last minute changes. I'm just glad you're here. Mm -hmm. um, I love all the stuff that you do. Um, can you just first of all tell tell us a little bit about this? You know, I think for a, a listener for both our podcasts, honestly, because both our podcasts are kind of like, wait, what? What is that about? Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about your show. <laughs> okay, so uh, if anyone knows George Romero's uh, Dawn of the Dead from 1978, that little obscure film you might have heard of. Uh, yeah, it's a little obscure. And, and if we take we take the uh, title of the show from a quote uh, from the scientist with the eye patch, Doctor Roche, in in that who uh, uh, advises people that zombies must be destroyed on sight. And now you might think that means oh, the podcast just covers uh, zombie movies or some bullshit like that, and it's like, <laughs> no, I, I didn't think that far ahead when I started the <laughs> podcast. I was just like, I want a cool title, and that that's a title no one has, so oh, yeah. I'm going to pick it, and so I'm stuck with it. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, I love it personally. I honestly, it sounds like a nine, like a well, not a 1990s, but like an early 2000s post-hardcore band. Uh, name. <laughs> it just would look so good on a CD, like at Sam Goody, and yeah. I probably would have bought it to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I really do love it. Um, and you, you, you also do um, a couple of other things with that same type of with that. Like I know in that Podbean that I've I've went through, you actually do mm -hmm. like a soundtrack. Yeah. Um, type um, so uh, 
the the they must be destroyed on site is our main movie podcast where we we cover a little bit of everything. Um, you know, we we do do a lot of horror and exploitation and Italian crime films and stuff like that. But you know, every once in a while we'll do like a more like Oscar bait film or something like that. But very rarely. But also, I have um, a little side podcast on that same feed that I do by myself called Blood on the Tracks, where I just pretend to be a radio host and and just sort of um, you know give you little collections of uh, music, uh, mu- movie theme music scores, stuff like that, that I really like. And I, oh, yeah. I, I try to get one of those out once a month for people. And our other podcast is, um, and this is more uh, my co-host Daniel's doing than mine, because uh, unless he had suggested it, I wouldn't have never even agreed to doing it. Um, we, we do a... We do a uh, podcast about the marvel cinematic universe called cape shit where we go chronologically <laughs> through all the marvel uh, films so <laughs> cape shit yeah <laughs> that sounds like something uh who thought of that name was that the daniel your, your that daniel? was that was oh, daniel was that yeah that sounds like something a daniel would think of <laughs> <laughs> keep your friend's name daniel close um just like your enemies because you just <laughs> Yeah, I you just I, never know. Yeah, I keep him very close. He's, uh, <laughs> he's got a if if I if I could hug him, I'd get a lot of warmth from his massive beard he has. So. Oh, oh, I might have to, you might have to have you and Daniel on the show. He's a since he's a hair Harriet mm-hmm. <laughs> guy. <laughs> um, so so I have not checked out the Cape shit. I can't wait to check that out. Um, I'm not that well versed in a lot of the Marvel stuff, but it would be kind of cool to hear your perspective of it. Yeah, we that movie that podcast kind of we do have a couple different hosts on it, so it it isn't all just uh, uh, sucking the the cock of the MCU every mm-hmm. time out or whatever. You know, there's there's some <laughs> d- divisive uh, thoughts here and there, especially from Daniel. We're getting to the point where Daniel's really starting to hate the Marvel universe, so oh. <laughs> he's like, "This is my least favorite stretch of the films that we're getting into. We just got to Doctor Strange, and we're moving, you know, near the end of the first sort of phase of them or whatever." So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I would imagine. Um I feel like when you really start digging into that Marvel universe and you really focus on them and you're taking your time with them and you're going movie by movie, eventually you would go mad. Yeah, especially when you, especially when you keep you keep seeing the the movies like not really address any of the stuff they bring up. Like the, you know, they're oh, you know, uh, maybe maybe war criminals are bad. Maybe Tony Stark selling weapons to people is bad, but we're never going to punish him for it. So whatever. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. We're all going to cry mm-hmm. <laughs> about him. Uh, so what made you want to bring Street Law to the show? Uh, well, I mean, when you contacted me, the first thing I thought, okay, i got to think of good mustache movies. And yeah. who, who's my favorite mustachioed actor? And it is one, uh, Franco Nero, who is just one of my top five like leading men of all time. And he, this is arguably probably his, one of his best, if not his best film from this decade. And uh, it's also just probably one of the best, if not the best, uh, Plesioteskis. Um, because it's a little bit, a little bit different from the Plesioteskis that came before. Like, they would either do one of two things. They'd be uh, 
they'd be like really serious and slow and really deep dive into political issues and stuff like that and police corruption or they'd just be crazy wackadoo fucking violence like and mm. and just obscene uh, as much obscenity and gore and stuff as they could fit in this is kind of a balance between those two things and i i think um it just it just takes a director like uh Inzio G Castellari to you know kind of perfectly balance those two things and make a really great film and uh you know spoilers i really love this film so you know uh, <laughs> so if i don't love it you're going to hate you're not going to talk to me anymore <laughs> well we'll see we'll see <laughs> no it it completely makes sense i'm glad that this is actually the the first movie that we honor Franco Nero on, because I'm sure we're going to have other movies of his on the show. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple of people um, mention a couple of other films that he's been in, um, and I'm th- I'm glad this is the first one because having a watch of this one and really digging into it and taking notes and taking my time with it, it really is a great film. And like, it, it's exactly what you said: super well balanced. It doesn't go super hard in the exploitation part of it. It doesn't go super hard in the um, slow storytelling. It feels like, uh, for being a movie that's, I think, like, what, an hour and 40 minutes, hour 35 minutes, or something like that? Yeah, hour 43. By, hour 43. It goes by quick, to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of goes... It just there's are, There are some moments where it's just, like, people telling him philosophical ideas. <laughs> 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 but I actually quite enjoy that stuff. Um, I like hearing what they're talking about, and it's... A, it, but it doesn't hit the political stuff too hard. It's no. just enough to where you're not getting annoyed by it. Um, and and it's not so in your face. Uh, it's just certain characters that really like digging into it. But yes, man, I um, I will already say I feel like if y'all have not seen Street Law, go ahead and watch it now um, while you have a chance. Uh, or you can listen to the podcast as well and then go watch it, but I would rather you watch it first. Yeah, watch it. Just- it's on amazon prime you mm-hmm. know most people have that Tur- turn this turn this off um unsubscribe from mustachio podcast yeah. then resubscribe then listen yes. to the podcast yeah then leave your three and a half star review uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't do that no listen if you're not gonna give them five stars don't even bother giving them a review oh yeah well, i've always told them if you're not gonna leave me five stars i'll give you my number just reach out to me direct you know direct message me and we can talk it out yeah or no. i'll find you now, three stars, you want to give it to my podcast. Go right ahead. That's fine. <laughs> Sorry. I honestly have not even looked at where... I, I, I'm sure the uh, Podmoth Network... Um, I don't even know what you would call her. The the Overwatcher? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm sure she's been looking. So I'll, I figure she'll reach out to me if things get bad. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's... kind of the punk rock podcast of of the network and I just am like doing whatever I want and they deal with me and I'm glad they do because they're all great people over there. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, no, it's been good. I, I love the Podmoth network. Um, they're not paying me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just, they're just keeping you on the air. That's they're all. Just yeah. Keeping me, yeah. They're just supporting me and all that good stuff. Um, but yes, uh, I am so glad that you brought it, brought this movie on here. Um, and I'm more than happy to start digging into it if you want, because I, oh, yeah. I really want to just say, first of all, this movie starts off, and I had to pause it right away, because it starts off so quick. Mm-hmm. Like, they're breaking into a door, and I'm like, what the fuck? It was, <laughs> I was, like, expecting credits or some kind of opening montage, and it's like, nope, we're just getting going in this fucking movie. And uh, it caught me off guard, but they are breaking into some really nice looking apartment or yeah um uh, i i saw some people like like some reviews and stuff suggest that this is actually uh 
Franco Nero's apartment, and that he's so he's already been a victim of crime sometime in the past, and and and, oh. it's, and it sets him more up to being on the edge to you know doing his little turn and becoming a, a vigilante. But um, I don't know if it necessarily if the movie sort of spells that out. But uh, I do know that most of these sort of scenes, like it's a montage, and it's and it's done kind of. Um, like Castellari here, he's kind of nodding to Peck and Paw because he's got the slow mo, he's got the still frames, um, and as you go through this montage of different crimes, so you've got like vandalism, theft, assault, murder, kidnapping, all sort of rampant stuff, and it, it basically just sets up the whole sort of tone of the movie, right? It's like here's the here's the modern Italy of the 1970s we're in, where the oh, shit's yeah. going crazy. And uh, the common man is always the victim of this shit. And uh, apparently all these things that you see in this montage um, were all sort of based on, if not real crimes that had happened in that day. Wow. And there were, there were at least tabloid like crimes. Yeah, I, I would imagine. Um, and it's, well, I think what's the most amazing part about it is in a lot of American film, all this would be at night. Mm-hmm. And I actually really enjoy that they did it. First of all, it's kind of funny that these criminals are so ballsy to do all this stuff in the freaking, like, it looks like it's lunchtime. <laughs> um, and they're just fucking people up and taking all their shit. And I also like the fact I can actually see what's going on. That's one of the mm-hmm. things that always bothers me, especially if you're watching some VHS on a CRT back Oh, in, yeah. You know, and you're like, wait, what? What, what happened? Uh, and it, so it makes it very interesting. I do love the opening with showing all that. It looks like old Detroit right now in Italy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it very much is, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, right, right off the right off the bat, too, Castellari gives you some money shots, you know, to set you up because you know yeah. he's, he's going to go slow in the middle of this film, but right up front, you get some of the meatiest fucking squib work. Holy, you're going to see, uh, like, real big exclamation point on this, where you know some of these people get shot and. They're blowing like fucking pork chops out of these people's shoulders and shit. Jeez, it's like it's just crazy. like blood mist, like mm-hmm. just like shooting down the air. And they seem to be targeting. It's like a bunch of uh, uh, street uh, thugs or street mm-hmm. hoodlums, and they're um, basically targeting a lot of older rich guys that yep. are very vulnerable, and just shooting them up or just beating the shit out of them and taking their stuff. That one guy that gets shot like three, four times. Mm-hmm. And I think his driver gets shot too, yeah. which is really fucked up. Like that guy's just trying to make a living. <laughs> yeah, that was messed up. He did, he wasn't gonna give you any money. He probably wouldn't have cared. He was like, "All right, cool. I'll just find someone else to drive for." But no, they shoot him and they take all their stuff. So things are bad. Mm-hmm. And then we see our first shot of Franco Nero. Yep, this guy looking suave as hell, man. <laughs> they knew how to dress. I mean, they still. I mean, I think Italy's famous for like being really oh. classy and how oh, yeah, and yeah. And you get a lot of that. If you're into fashion and you like that 1970s fashion, this is the kind of movie for you. It's just beautiful. Everyone looks great. <laughs> Nero, like, you got you got to hand it to fucking Nero, man. Like, he he was a talented enough actor. Like, he's, he's kind of like, he's kind of like a Brad Pitt or a George Clooney of the day yep. where where he's a big pretty boy. Like, he, he is a fucking beautiful man. Like, he is, he is... Even in fucking uh, Django Unchained, where he has that little cameo, he's still looking good, and he's in his seventies. Yeah. But he's a he's a fucking beautiful man. What is up? I am speaking to you from a different timeline 
not not really it's just a little bit after i recorded this episode anyway i wanted to tell you about the odd entity podcast the odd entity the odd entity podcast so this show is your bi-weekly foray into the weird wonky and sometimes straight up spooky join host janine mercer as she leads you down the twisted pathways of history and tackles tales of the paranormal weird historical people and practices and so much more the identity podcast a proud member of the pod moth media network the same sons of bitches that love my show it can be found on twitter and instagram by following at identity that's o double d's you know you like them e n e n t i t y pod o double d e n t i t y pod and uh it's available wherever you binge your podcast so just find the damn podcast and check it out god damn it and it's and he is a good enough actor that he can he can play uh, above that. So, like, even, you know, because even when he's, like, playing roles where he's wearing fucking rags and as dirty as shit, he still looks good. But yep. here here he's playing a guy who's against type for him. Like, he, he's the basically the most handsome everyman you could <laughs> ever hope yeah, to see. Yeah, that's the one thing. They're trying to make it seem like... Well, you know, he, they're trying to make it seem like he's like an executive, or he, I think he's an engineer. Yeah, in the uh, that works in a lab, but he's wearing a full suit with the he's wearing a top coat and everything, and it, it, he's just sticks out, man. Like mm-hmm. I mean, they're trying to make a blend in into the common folk, and it just doesn't quite work. But it's still you realize eventually that he is a guy that considers himself part of the community, part mm-hmm. of the common folk, and he's walking through. And, yeah, we get our first big scene, uh, which we should definitely hit on, because this is sort of the catapults the rest of what goes on. Mm-hmm. And we, I thought, it, this is a bank, right? It's a post office, I think, actually. Oh. <laughs> it does look like a bank, right? Like, it's very bank-like. Maybe it's a combination bank-post office. I don't know what, how yeah, they fucking roll in Italy or whatever. But, um, but it, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense, because... It's giving them it's, a shitload of money. Yeah, I, I guess the post office is just connected to the bank. I think yeah, is what it is. It's like dual. It's multi-use. It's a multi-use government facility. Because mm-hmm, he's, he's he's dropping down his lira, and like you know, lira is compared Their to the compared dollar. to the yeah compared to the U.S. dollar is like I, I don't know. It's like a thousand lira for one U.S. dollar or some shit like that. Like okay, it, it, there is a big discrepancy there, but. You know, so you know he's 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 dropping down a couple hundred thousand lira, probably. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I know because I was when he said how much he was bringing, like how much he was depositing or whatever, and I was, damn, how much money does an engineer make in Italy? But now it makes more sense. Okay, yeah, cool. I didn't know that. And um, and by the way, do you do you know if they're dubbing if he's du- if he dubbed his own voice? This or is this, some- this is uh, Franco Nero's voice in this okay. one. Okay, yeah. that's what I figured. Um. But I just wanted to double check because I know I've seen movies where they use some crazy ass voice. That oh yeah, he, he he is he has famously had some bad dubbing jobs over him, like in uh, Django, for instance, which was his first sort of breakout film. But um, he he was he, you know he's 
multilingual, I think. And, nice. uh, you know, his, his English is a little, little broken, a little teeny bit broken, yeah, but he, he does bit, a, he, he does a great job at the and very the Ital- Italian films famous for usually dubbing their stuff. Anyway, oh yeah. Right. Okay. Oh yeah. Cause you never, uh, back in the day, they never, uh, recorded sound on set because there was always other sets in production around them making noise. So they always did post dubs. Oh. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, um, but I think they do a pretty fucking good job. It doesn't mm-hmm. distract from the watch of the movie, not uh, at the all, flow of it at all. Um, and yeah, these guys, these three guys, come in with their masks on, like they have like um, the hockey masks, I think, mm-hmm. um, from what I remember. And they are holding the place up, and there is a lady just screaming her fucking lungs. Oh, shit! And she <laughs> gets a fucking rifle butt right to the face. That was hardcore. Mm mm. I was like, is this movie going to go there that soon? Yep, they went there. They Boom. fucking did. Holy shit, she's on the ground. But she kind of saves the day at the same time. Because, mm-hmm. uh, well, Nero sees his cash on the counter, and he sees an opportunity to get it. He tries to get it. They see him, and they just knock his ass on the ground. And he does fight back for a second, and then they just kick the shit out of him, which we yeah. this will be repeated throughout the movie. Yeah, Nero tries. So Nero... He's, you know, he's 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 a he's a privileged man. He's in a position to like think he's tougher than he actually is. Oh, like yeah. he tries to do the right thing. He tries to stand up, but he quickly discovers that <laughs> when it's three on one, he's getting his fucking ass kicked. Like this. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and the woman that got hit in the face just drags her body across the floor, hits mm. the alarm, and they grab Nero and they jump into a car. And head out. The guys take off their masks for some reason. I wouldn't have bothered doing. I would have just kept the mask on until we got rid of this hostage. But they put off their masks. Yeah, probably because it's hot as fuck. I would imagine. Probably. Um, and, they, and we have a big old chase. One of the, you know, we got a few good chases in here. This one's a really solid one. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly. Dangly, I was getting distracted just by looking at like the buildings and the scenery. I was. Oh, like, oh yeah, you know, gorgeous. you know these fucking. Um, <laughs> These Europe, like you know, people say like bullet and stuff like that, best car chase ever, or French Connection, or whatever. I say bullshit to that. Honestly, I prefer these European car chases in these films because not only is like the scenery really cool to look at, their streets are so tight, their cars are so small, everything's just so weird and and oh, quicker, yeah. and it seems just more dangerous. Like I, I could believe Steve McQueen could roll his fucking muscle car and survive or whatever. This car fucking goes off the road; they're all dead. Like it's oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You need to be quick and nimble, and you really need to know your shit because mm-hmm. you do not have a lot of time to react in these in these European streets. It's insane. Absolutely love this chase. Um, they they end up losing. The cops are trying to chase them down. I love that part where there's one cop chasing them. They call for backup. Then two cop cars are on are basically playing chicken mm-hmm. with their car, and they just sort of split like basically they freak out and yep. they get out of the way and both of the cop cars completely get destroyed <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like they, well damn what was the point of that yeah no the cut the cops are presented as uh like the, the the flat foots on the street are presented as just being totally incompetent and their superiors are presented as being totally corrupt so yeah yeah this uh kind of trying to skate by and mm-hmm. only acting if if they really have to, t- <laughs> they yeah. really have to act. <laughs> and 
they they get going and they eventually get over to which I really love. They get to like a stockyard or whatever, mm-hmm. and they just stop the car. They go. They open one of the big old whatever you call them, shipping stores. containers. Yeah, yeah, shipping containers, and pop in there, pull a car out. Which, by the way, helps in Italy, especially in most of Europe where the cars are so small. You could have fit like three cars in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they pull out and take off. The cops finally arrive and they see Nero there, and he's all beat the shit. At first, I thought he was in some kind of comatose because <laughs> his is. eyes were open. Yeah, he's kind of in a shock and also in concussed because they beat the shit out of him mm-hmm. in the car because um, he was like... Oh, yeah, he's they got... basically beat the shit out of him because they were pissed off that he even tried fighting back. That's right, yeah. And he, he's... I mean, he's got... He's got blood coming out of his nose, his mouth, his ears. Like he, he, he's been, he's been, he has probably been concussed. Like you know, oh hell yeah, <laughs> he, he's he's not in a good way. And on top of that, he's been embarrassed and humiliated, and shown that he ain't the man he thought he was. So like that kind of, that's kind of the uh, the switch for him. Like that, that's the the main sort of thing that sets him off on like I'm gonna kill these motherfuckers. And he even says it in the back of the car. He, he's like, I'm gonna kill them. I'm going to kill them. <laughs> yes, he's. <laughs> everyone's taking photos. Somehow the media found out about this mm-hmm. right away. Yeah, and there is a lot of media stuff in this movie, which I actually really liked because that is a big part of of his whole mission as we go along. He does eventually take advantage of that. Yeah, and as they're taking photos, yes, he says that in his head. Or he doesn't even say it in his head. I think he does say it out loud. He does. Really he, he's just like, I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill them. <laughs> and the, he's at the precinct with the cops, and they're just showing him a bunch of photos of people and all that mm-hmm. stuff. That's a good little scene because he's pissed off. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, and he... By the way, he's like 34 years old, 33, 34 years old in this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a little older, but I think it's just men age different back then, I guess. That's I that's a constant thing that comes up on my podcast where we do a lot of older movies. And, you know... Especially, like, lately, uh, a thing we've been sort of doing the last year and a half or so, um, we've been, like, chronologically going through films from the 1900 onward. And so as we go through the decades, we notice, you know, so-and-so died at age 45 of cancer or heart attack or, you know, alcoholism or whatever. And, like, and you look at their picture and they're like, that guy was 45? He looks like he's 67. (laughs) And, (laughs) And it's just, like... People lived hard back then, man. They, they did. Yeah. A lot of cigarettes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Does, that that definitely takes a toll on the on the good old skin, on the hide. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he looks he looks in his early forties, uh, yep. to be honest. But I guess he's a little fresher. But that that kind of makes sense because he does a lot of physical stuff. He does. This. So he definitely has some strength left um, left in him. And he's just pissed off that they haven't caught these guys or ha- aren't really trying that hard. And no. the detective is being a fucking dick. He's a yeah. dickhead the whole movie. He is. It, it's, immediately, it's immediately hinted that he is um, he is on the take to some degree, or at the very least yeah. he knows that there's people in his department on the take and he can't do anything about it, and he doesn't really give a shit at the same time. You know, yeah. he's not the good cop trying to go- do the right thing. He's He's just going with the flow kind of thing. And this is one thing I'll give Nero is that, yeah, he's you know he's a white collar guy, works in a lab, he's, he's mm-hmm. you know he's an engineer, but he does say you know I put my blood and sweat into that money, yeah, 
And and it is true. You know, I think there there are you do have your white collar guys that honestly don't really do much. They just happen to have the privilege to go to a certain school and get that paper. Yeah. And it's pretty smooth for them. But I think what he was trying to say is he actually is one of those guys that put in that time, got the schooling, and actually works really hard for what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought he, that was interesting. Yeah, because he 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 runs the business, whatever it is he does. Like I think it, I think it's like commercial art or something along those lines, engineering, whatever the whatever uh, <laughs> nebulous <laughs> job it is. But um, but but I mean, it's it's implied that he owns like the whole company and runs the day to day operations. So like he, it is his like twenty four seven job basically to do that shit. So he earns all of his money. That's crazy, man. Um, I I don't know if I could ever run my own business. I, the, oh. You you gotta you gotta love it to do it. Really, I mean, that oh. kind of thing. You know, Jesus. So. I've I, I've had people that. So I do marketing and PR, and I've had people that really believe in me, and they're like, "Hey, you should start your own firm. I would be more than happy to." be part of your firm and this and that i'm like man we would run that into the ground <laughs> i mean i would just be partying i think it's i think it's because you really it would take your you would sacrifice pretty much your most of your life to be able to make that and keep it going so right. if anyone any of y'all entrepreneurs out there that run your own shit I give you major props. I just could not yeah, do it. Yeah, because Daniel would just be like three months into it, he'd be at a post office in Texas somewhere, and then suddenly <laughs> it'd be robbed, and he'd be kidnapped, and before you know it, he's telling his second command to start running the place while he goes off and tries to yeah. find the criminals who wronged him. And I would develop this Italian accent. We're going to kill them all. going to kill them all. And he does, so he gets picked up by... Uh, his girlfriend, his live-in girlfriend, I believe. Mm, yeah, Bar- Barbara uh, Bach. Barbara, Barbara Bach. Wife to Ringo. Woman. Wife to Ringo Star. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Jesus, Ringo, had- Ringo cleaned cleaned up. Man, he he scooped her up in like the early '80s or something like that. Wow, so. dang! She had to hear Ringo Star practice. <laughs> <laughs> she must be de- she must be deaf. I don't know. <laughs> Can you make this a little more soundproof? <laughs> 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 and the girlfriend is sort of the uh what do you call it in a movie where they're like the person that's supposed to be the positive guidance to uh she's like the, the she's conscience, kind of, yeah she's know? his she's his uh conscience you know she's For his sure. uh his, his rock light yeah, yeah his rock and she's trying to tell them look you can't be a hero, man. You're just an engineer. Like you can't just go. Yeah. I get your piss, but you gotta let this shit go. And that that translates to Nero. Basically, you're a fucking pussy. Just 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 you know, just stop <laughs> it. I I know you're a beta male, so just fuck off. And then he just up and slaps her. <laughs> yeah, he goes full Sean Connery on her mm. and uh, just slaps her. It doesn't even look like half strength. This looks like eighty percent strength. I was I was astonished to see that mm. out of nowhere. But it's, uh, it's, it's like seventy four. It's it's like yeah. It's you know it was it was you know there was a brief meeting you know before the scene was shot. You know he's there with Enzio Castellari and Barbara Bach, and they're just sort of huddling in the corner. It's like so. Listen, Barbara, I'm going to slap you pretty hard. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to use the full force of my hand. It's going to be open palm slap, no knuckles or nothing like that, no backhand. But it's still going to be pretty hard. Are you okay with that? <laughs> By the way, um, for the three Italian listeners that download this podcast, 
we apologize, but we will be doing a couple that we'll try to do some of your accents. But that's why I opened the podcast by actually trying to speak Italian. I was hoping they would forgive me for the shitty accents I'm going to do as we oh. go on. Yours oh. is pretty good, though. <laughs> oh, but I mean, if, if you want to be really offended, uh, uh, those uh, fluent in Italian or are actually Italian themselves who are listening to this, uh, if you listen to my podcast, whenever we do an Italian movie and I try to read the fucking cast list, I'm, I'm basically a Mike Wood when I'm doing that shit. <laughs> I'm just... It's a th there's such a close relation to Spanish, I can normally get most of them, but there mm -hmm. are a few that seem impossible. Yeah, um, holy shit! <laughs> I, I I totally I totally admit I'm just a really dumb white dude who when I when I read an Italian name I kind of read it as it looks on the paper to me, in, <laughs> in my in my in my waspy as fuck fucking education and yeah so I'm gonna get your name wrong it's it, nine times out of ten that just happens. But you know what I was thinking I was thinking this Lee because you are. You you are really good at, at impressions. Uh, just from the few times that I've heard you, like on the last stream that we had on the Discord at the Grindbin, <laughs> which by the way, patreon.com grind slash Grindbin. You can find them two dollars a month. You can join the Discord. And you can watch movies with me and Lee. Mm -hmm. um, you did so many funny voices. I think I want both of us to try doing a quick impression. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> at the end of this episode. Well, I, I was I was kind of hoping you would uh, ask that because I, I do have a quote written down. Oh, that. cool. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll both do one. All right. Uh, so the the movie pretty much gets going from here. The, this is the the, the catapult. Mm -hmm. We have a whole montage. He's like looking around. He's trying to get information, but he is such a noob at it mm. that nobody wants to put up with his bullshit. He and also the fact that he's not trying to dress like normal folk. Like no. he's still in his full suit, and people are like, "What the fuck? What do you want? Who do you want to talk to?" He still he still he still looks like a liberal arts professor or some shit going yeah. down Skid Row. At, like try to blend in but what's what sells this shit so this is where the film starts to slow down a little bit but oh yeah but what sells this shit as you have the the guido and Maurizio d'angelis fucking score really starts jumping in where you oh, got yeah. that driving all around looking for the one you know that that's that keeps popping in and out like as he's doing this in the you know montage style and it just you just get. I, I don't know about anyone else, but I get lost in it. I'm just like, yeah, I'm. I'm enjoying the fuck out of this. He's. He's okay. learning. He's learning to be an amateur detective. He's trying to yeah. use his wits to catch these guys, and it's great. Yes, the the soundtrack to me, it really saves the draggy parts big mm -hmm. time. It keeps the beat going. It keeps you interested in it. Honestly, I'm. Is there? A, can you buy the soundtrack to this movie? Because I would totally. I. Buy I think it, it, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's available. Like, it, you know, like, um, sort of, like, independent labels and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you can buy it. I've, of course, just, like, basically ripped it and stole, stolen it and <laughs> several <laughs> times over. Like, even for my, even for my Blood on the Tracks podcast, where, you know, coincidentally, I'm actually doing a series on the DeAngelis brothers uh, the, in the last sort of few episodes oh. I'm doing here. So a lot of the, the soundtrack actually is going to pop up in the latest episode I'm doing. So. I would love to guess on one of those. And also you should probably get Bobby on too um, at some point mm -hmm. uh, from the grind bin. Cause that guy loves soundtracks even more than I will ever love soundtracks. You see, life. you see, I've been pondering doing a live recording of that, Oh. Uh, set that that uh, podcast because now that I have a soundboard, 
I can actually kind of run it like a radio show. So oh, yeah, cool. yeah. Oh, dude. Yes, please let me know. Mm-hmm. I would love to react to music with you because I am one of those people. Been playing music most of my life. Absolutely love it. So that would be so much fun. Even if it's a soundtrack I'm not aware of, just being able to listen to it would be a good time. You can get a fresh reaction. Um, that would cool. Be a good time. Cool. We will. We will figure it out. Um, so one of my favorite parts is when Nero goes to this bartender, <laughs> and he. Uh, he tries to pay the bartender to to give him a little bit of information about some cats because he's trying to look for these damn robbers. Mm-hmm. And the bartender takes the money and then just announces to the rest. It's almost like yeah. when you're at a pharmacy and they announce that you're trying to get like ST, STD medication. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, this guy needs some information. Look at him. He looks like an <laughs> idiot. And then everyone in the bar just comes up. It looks like a like a dance video is about to happen, like a Michael oh Jackson beat it or something. I thought like the the leader of the people there, like there's a pool table and all the all the criminals are sort of around the pool table and the leader of it looked like Jim Morrison. I was like, Oh, what is this Morrison Hotel or something? All of a sudden it's like, What the fuck's going on here? He does look like Jim Morrison. <laughs> He's got the leather jacket, he looks mm-hmm. like a badass, you know, big old floppy ass hair. It's fantastic. Yep. And this guy gives him a ton of shit. They push Nero around, and he eventually takes off. And I was surprised that they dis. There must be some. It, I think maybe I maybe have the same energy. I've been, I'm one of those people that have never been given a little slap on the wrist by cops. If I get pulled over in my car, I mm-hmm. always am going to get a ticket. Yeah. Even in my very first time I got pulled over, I was young. I was like 20, 22, 23. And I even told the cop, hey, man, I. There was no one around. Like, I get that I just pretty much didn't stop. It was a stop mm-hmm. sign. And I said, there's nobody around. This is my first time I've ever been pulled over. Is there any way, man? And he's like, no, I'm going to give you a ticket. I was like, well, goddamn, <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah. So I've never been one to be able to get away with it. I think there's some people that know how to do it, and I don't. I think I just look like a fucking asshole, and I can't change it. Uh, I can't change my face. It it depends on who the cops are who pull you over, too, right? Because I I was I was arrested for uh, public drunkenness once in a small little hillbilly town uh, up here in uh, Nova Scotia, and uh, well, probably because I was white is the reason I didn't get beat in jail, but. (laughs) I didn't get treated all that well at the same time, so yeah. yeah. Well, that it's it's kind of like I don't know um, if if you've ever heard you know listen to like NWA and stuff, but they they have that song where you know um, uh, fuck the police mm-hmm. and Ice Cube talks about like don't ever get pulled over by a black cop because he it's like so like you know me being Chicano if I get pulled over by for some reason when especially when I was young mm-hmm. I got pulled over by a, another Chicano cop. They would be extra hard on us for some reason. Yeah. Um, and I don't understand. And Ice Cube says it's because they're trying to impress the white cop. <laughs> I, mean, I like the way he says it in a really cool way. And I, say it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, I mean it's, it's probably a little bit more complicated than that. Like, there's probably definitely some who are just, you know. Uh, I think they're trying to scare us because they're like. You know, they're like, "Hey, don't make us look bad out there." Yeah, there, there, there are some who look down on just a lesson on their, their, their fellow, you know, community, saying like, you know, you know, stop, stop uh, being one of the stereotypes or whatever, you know, yeah. and and and, and yeah. try to try to try to assimilate into the into America or whatever, you know, like you 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 can you can you can definitely see that, like, there's definitely a sort of weird racism 
even within like uh like a chicano culture or, yeah, or black culture your own culture yeah like it's it, really weird like if you ever if you ever see the movie um from the 90s uh, uh lone star um Ooh, which it, it. it it actually it actually deals with a lot of those issues it's it's like on a border town and it's a mixed you know mixed race town chicanos and white people and uh there are you know the more well to do uh sort of you know latinos and and such who who look down on uh the ones that are you know considered street trash or whatever quote unquote yeah, you know kind yeah. of things so oh i'll check it out yeah I, I that's one of those movies i've heard of it just never checked out yeah rio county huh. mm. cool 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 um and so yeah sorry for that aside but, <laughs> but uh, hey I, gotta, I like talking about that stuff yeah um it's interesting so so yes yeah, so the the leather jacket guy for some reason hates Nero so much that he decides he's going to jump in his car with his boys and chase after him. And they really like don't even care about messing up their own car. Cause they mm-hmm. push into his car and, um, scare the shit out of him basically. Yeah. And then take off. And Nero's just like, I'm just trying to find out who beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to find those robbers. <laughs> they, they hurt my man. Who? <laughs> They made me a cuck. <laughs> I can't help it that I came in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Later on, like it's pretty much implied that he pisses himself at one point. So. Oh, dude, this guy goes through so much stuff. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, he just continues his his entire journey into trying to figure out who the hell these guys are. He runs into all these ex. He seems to have like. I like the idea that he tries to reach out to connections within his level of where he's at, mm-hmm. in, like in his upper middle class um, lifestyle. He goes to like uh, it looks like he goes to maybe what a professor or something, yeah, or a lawyer. I think it's a lawyer. Yeah, it's a lawyer. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and that guy um, tries to convince him to just let it go. Like you don't understand how these guys communicate. You don't understand how the underground works. Like they will oh. destroy you. Bro. Yeah, no, that this guy knows. Like th- this guy's a lawyer, and he fucking like he's he's obviously like. At the very least, he's he's a decent person, or he's a guy who keeps his head down. Like he knows the levels of corruption from government down, and he knows that the that the the crime here is so bad that it's it it's sort of weaved its tentacles in every strata of society. So it's like if if you start making waves, they're just gonna come down on you like a fucking ton of bricks, dude. Like they're gonna, yeah. and if you go to the cops. They're going to let the criminals know, and you're going to be fucked. So. And we find out that uh, Nero's father was also sort of a rebellious kind of cat and yeah. said something like, if you want to be free, you must learn to resist, and when the law is unjust, it's not only your right, but mm-hmm. your duty to rebel. It's, it's pretty interesting because um, like Castellari and a lot of his contemporaries at this time were all pretty much you know socialists slash communists like very much yeah. on that spectrum of uh, politics at this time and there was a big kind of like socialist revolution at this time especially in places like italy um and it was a reaction to corrupt governments corrupt police um a lot of leftover corruption from like world war ii you know where you know italy was the government at the very least was in bed with Nazi Germany at the time. And the fallout from that, you got like Franco Spain, which was openly fascist. Um, 
so like a lot of these movies by these directors you know working in these like exploitation genres they were still like reacting politically to like the perceived fascism and stuff that was like prevalent in their societies and the corruption that was prevalent in society and it's it's kind of interesting that even though this is kind of a death wish clone and death wish gets a lot of uh criticism as being like kind of a fascist right-wing fantasy narrative and stuff like that this sort of mm -hmm. takes a little different uh yeah, spin on of yeah, that's this, part of right? what I was talking about. Like the fact the tone is much different. I was thinking mm -hmm. it was going to be more of that fascist vibe, and this has much more of a democratic socialist, uh, communist type of, of vibe to it. Of where, when things are not going your way, and you are part of this community, you're a part of a, something much larger than yourself, mm -hmm. and and you work to inspire others to do something about it. And um, that's kind of what he's trying to do in a way, even though it is a personal thing. Yeah. You know, um, he's making his best. He's trying his best at it for considering he knows nothing about it at all. <laughs> that's also what I love is that there is a long, um, there there is a, a gestation period for this yeah. for Nero, and it takes a long time. And honestly, never really gets comfortable doing this. No, he's always he's always in over his head. <laughs> yeah. Like like that that like that's the best thing. Like I was saying, he plays against yeah. type here. He's not the tough it's guy. So weird. He's not he's not the guy who's capable. He's smart, but yes. he's he's not like he's not a one man wrecking machine. He's he's not no. out there killing motherfuckers. He actually has to use his smarts to like blackmail minor criminals to try to force them into revealing where these robbers are for him like he's, he's got to like uh basically blackmail his way into the sort of criminal infrastructure because these robbers are hinted as being protected by like the you know sort of mafioso uh higher ups who you know yeah. use use them for jobs and of course they the the robbers themselves probably pay a cut to them to stay safe from the police because the newspapers at one point show these guys fucking pictures over and over again like when he's going through the like the the newspaper files yeah, in the, the library or whatever archive yeah mm -hmm. he's cutting out their picture stuff they appear several times in these fucking newspapers but they never get caught they never get prosecuted Yep. But everybody knows who the fuck they are. And so, you know, the, the corruption there is just totally obvious. And, and and it's pretty obvious that it's, you know, the mafia themselves are using the people they have within the police force to look the other way. Yes. And, and Nero actually does learn about their techniques and... He's talking to his. I guess. I guess right now they're complicated. He's not really with her. He's not with Barbara anymore after yeah, what happened. Yeah, it's, it's a. You know, it's a. It's like, oh, I, I, I slapped the shit out of you. <laughs> maybe we'll take a couple days and think about things. You know, maybe see other people, see how things work out, and then we'll get back to it. <laughs> Next time I'll use uh, baby powder. Is that better? <laughs> but I'm, um, you know, you know, Barbara, Barbara. Bar <laughs> I'm just kidding, but yes, no. She is. Uh, she obviously loves him. I mean, she comes back, and she, she, she mentioned something like, "Oh, it feels like it's been months, but it's only been days." You know, mm. but I, it must be the mustache. I don't know. It's uh, the, but it's the, it's the mustache and the narrow dick. It's is what yeah, it is. Like she, I guess. I guess so. And then, I mean, that doesn't say much for Barbara Park's character, really. It's like okay. <laughs> 
yeah, not 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 a not a feminist movie. I'd I'd argue not necessarily. <laughs> not a lot of women in this movie either. No, she's, uh, that have she, lines. She's she, the only uh, one. It, it's it's her and and the uh, the lady at the post office slash bank that gets the rifle butt to the face. That yeah, that's all yeah. you get. That's all you yeah. get, feminist. Oh, we get one more woman that is. Uh, we'll learn about her. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll learn about her. Um, and he does mention he's learning about their tactics. He learns about their their process. They hit three banks and then they take time off. Mm-hmm. So that way, you know, when the cops are sniffing and get a little closer, that they lose their track basically. Yeah. And these guys are making, you know, twenty five million. I don't know how much twenty five million. Twenty five million lira would lira? be. Something. So, so they're probably cleaning up like twenty five thousand yeah. dollars. So it's like, enough. It's enough for cops to kind of stay off your ass in a way, especially back then. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's not. It's a lot, but it's also, eh. You know, we'll just, we'll, we'll we have other stuff going on. Yeah, you know? I mean, I assume the money's insured. They don't really care that much, and then yeah. you know, as long as as long as the robbers don't kill anybody, I think they kind of like stay off their backs. So like. You kind of question at the beginning, why didn't they just kill Nero? Because they showed their fucking faces and everything. They could have just left him dead in the car. Yeah, I think that, over. yeah, I, th- I think that's like one of the uh, deal breakers. It's like, okay, we're going to look the other way with your criminal cohorts there, mafiosos, as long as they don't kill anybody. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It doesn't get big enough to where they're going to be. Right. They're going to be basically pushed by the community to do something about it exactly uh, yeah because yeah. they they really don't kill anybody and he it's so funny because i'll just mention this really quick nero has this whole conversation with barbara and it is until the very end where he goes hey i'm sorry for smacking you yeah <laughs> yeah by the way when i beat the shit out of you that was a little uncalled for uh, it's it, just you know what can I do? You know, you, you challenged my masculinity. I had to give you a little, give you a little, you know, uh, wrap around the head just to let you know who's who's the boss. Oh, and uh, the, we get into his lab for the first time. He's got this old guy that he's making do his old job <laughs> and take care of the place because he's busy being a vigilante now. Yeah. Um, and he grabs his camera, heads out, and that's when we start really getting into this uh because now he's he knows who he wants to go for he wants to find these three guys who he knows can probably get him into the criminal organization that Mm -hmm. are connected to these robbers and he's working on it he fails the first time the first guy can tell that he's up to no good (laughs) yeah he knew that he was being followed from the get-go so he he just leads him along and then he come he shows up at nero's car asks for a light for a cigarette and basically tells him you fucking come around here again, I'm going to light you up, dude. I'm just yeah, going to... Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to beat the shit of you. So you best, you best fuck off. And Nero goes, how the hell did he know? <laughs> it's pretty funny. Like it, 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 It's a little bit of a tone shift. Like You don't quite expect him to react that way. It's like, damn it, how the hell did he know? <laughs> yeah, because you're a noob, dude. It's just the way it is. These guys know they... Because it is true, when you are... Whether, you know, if you're from an urban area, if you're from the inner city, you always have a weird kind of instinct to look around or notice anything that seems unusual. Yeah. It's just natural. It's just the way I it mean, goes. I mean, Nero's came, he's basically come down into this guy's neighborhood. And this guy yeah. knows everybody in his neighborhood, you got to assume. He knows who to look for. And if he sees Nero's car, it's a new car that he's not seen before. 
he's immediately like going to keep his eye on this dude and see what he's doing and because you know he's a criminal <laughs> and yeah. he he's got to you know even though the cops are on the take and shit he's still got to you know watch his shit exactly. and and so he's like he immediately stakes out Nero and he's like yeah you you best fucking take off because <laughs> you keep following me you're going to end up dead somewhere like that's that's all there is dude so Nero goes down to the other two cats, and we are introduced to my favorite character of the movie, which is Tommy, Tommy. Who, I call, who I call Joker throughout my notes because that's what Nero <laughs> calls him at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and he is kind of the comedy relief of the, the he movie. He is. This is, uh, this is Giancarlo Prete from... Uh, unfortunately, he's probably best known for his role in the new Barbarians in the 1980s. Um, really great actor, though, but... Uh, he, he's he's probably best known for being the hero uh, character, like the sort of Mad Max stand-in in A New Barbarians who gets uh, anally raped by George Eastman at one point in the film. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just, well, it's so unfortunate because the guy was really good, but he, he died really early too, like age 58 of a brain tumor or some shit. But, oh, like, yeah. shame. Yeah. yeah, he's good in this one. He looks like a lounge singer, like... The dude's hair, man. He's got like the fucking like Tom Jones ish yeah. hair kind of thing. Like and he always had that hair too. He he was a he was a dude with a fucking He's got a good head of hair, man. Yeah, yeah. He knows what to do with it. And he's it's so funny. I love Italians because you know, he's flirting with these two blonde girls. He's just mm-hmm. you know, he's obviously uh very uh, very sought after man. He's mm-hmm. very flirtatious. Then he just jumps on the bike with his buddy and they're just kinda like <laughs> they're having a good time. They're, they're, they're bopping up and down the bike, and it's like, dude, your your crotch is way too close to his ass. I mean, maybe you swing that way. That's no. Cool. I was gonna say that's what I love about him. It's like, hey, who cares? We're having fun, baby. I get, I get, I get a feeling Tommy fucks everything. Like he. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if it's smooth and it feels good, just mm-hmm. let it happen. <laughs> so, I mean, he's so he's Tommy's so good. I mean, he's he's. I mean, you later on you get a little bit more depth to his character, and you sort of get that, you know. He's living this carefree life because he doesn't really expect to live long. Like he, he's got dreams, yeah, but like, but fuck it. but I mean, you know, there, there's a scene later on where uh, Nero asks him, you know, well, you got these plans, right? Like his his big plan is to have like a, a mechanic garage where he can fix cars and shit, like a business. And he's like, "Have you saved any money for that?" And he's like, "Not a fucking lira." Like yeah, he, not he, even one. No, this this guy is doing crimes and spending his money and fucking chicks and dudes yeah. probably on the side and yeah, yeah. just he's, having a good time. He, he he knows himself. He's like, yeah, it's a dream, but it's mm-hmm. not going to happen. I'm just going to be in crime until it's over. Yeah, because that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, and I I love the fact that Nero is maybe the greatest photographer of all time. He gets a <laughs> bunch of really solid, almost model esque photos. He, he does. Of Tommy uh, robbing a jewelry store, uh, and uh, develops them, and he's like, "Oh, my plan is coming together," and he mails them over to. I guess he mails them over to Tommy. I'm not sure mm-hmm. how he knew what his address was. I guess the the yellow pages or something. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got this guy scoped out. Yeah, and I'm following him around. I mean, honestly, this whole sequence, this could be a movie on its own with just you know Nero. Nero could just be a creep. Who's like blackmailing a criminal to do shit? You know, you're right. It really yeah. could. It could be. It could really uh, just dig into that concept. It kind of reminds me of that movie. It's one of the few like 
Tom Cruise movies that I really like with Jamie Foxx. I forget the name of it, but basically Tom Cruise is just using Jamie Foxx to do everything that he wants him to do. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um God damn it. I don't remember what it's called. It's so it's pretty good. Fuck. <laughs> I own it and I'm too I'm too goddamn blind. I'm looking like three feet away from my DVD collection. It's right there somewhere. And I can't see uh, collateral. it. Collateral. That's it. Collateral. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, I had to look that up. I don't like to look too much stuff up on the show, but I had to figure out that name. Uh, yes, that's a really fun one. Uh, well, maybe song. if there's a mustache in there, I'll cover it. Um, and uh, it's just like some weird guy in the background. <laughs> I mean, I think I think with that one, you have to find a weird guy in the background because there ain't yeah. no mustaches on anybody else. But that's yeah. one of the issues with those the more modern films they're just not a lot of solid stashes no they don't they don't respect it no sons of bitches and yes uh you know it basically uh tommy goes to he goes i guess he's in school he, he looks like maybe college level yeah and like he, he shows his friend some photos he's like hey what the fuck mm-hmm it's like <laughs> It's like, what do you think of these shots? How do I look in them? You, you like how I look in my pants? Like you know. he does mention, he's like, I look pretty good. Like, I probably should have been <laughs> yeah. a model. <laughs> and they're, you know, they're pretty nonchalant about it. Like he, he just, he just spreads those photos open. Like they're just sitting in like a college lecture, and there's a bunch of people around them. Anyone could look over and like see these pictures of him doing crimes, basically. But exactly. you know. I, th- I, you're right. I felt the same way. If I, when I was in college, like college years. And somebody sent me photos of me doing anything. I don't care if I'm like entering a house or something. I would be freaking the fuck out. Oh yeah, yeah. I would not have gone to class. I would have just started freaking out and gone back to my place and started like, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. It seems it seems a little weird. Like, so the robbers are connected to the mafia. Like they're they are protected. Tommy is lower than them. Lower level. Yeah. Yeah. He's just he's just a you know street criminal. And I don't feel like he. I, I feel like he's a little too nonchalant at times. Like, like he's not connected in the same way those robbers are. Yes, like he's he's very not casual. He's not. He's not protected at all. But you know, it's I, one of those. He knows they're like he's invited to their parties, but mm-hmm. he's not invited to their meetings. Yeah, he, you know, he he's, he comes around and he has a good time. But when shit gets real, they don't invite Tommy. Like, mm-hmm. this guy, yeah, he, exactly. I think it's because he's young. He's like a junior level. Um, yeah, he, criminal. he. Yeah, he's presented as like a college student. Yeah, level, and he yeah. does look pretty young. He um, does. Yeah, you know, for that time, and it's, he goes to his car. He sees a note from Nero to call him, or he, that Nero's going to be calling him at this specific location, which uh, which is you know, luckily right in front of Nero's apartment, so it's perfect. It's very convenient. <laughs> Very convenient. And Nero gives him a call, and there's this whole situation where he's he's basically telling him, "Look, you're not getting those negatives until you do a co- do me a couple of favors. Get me some weapons. I want." He has like this whole laundry list of. of mm. I think he wants a sawed-off shotgun, two Tommy guns, two pistols, and like a hundred bullets. Yeah. And I absolute. This was one of the funniest fucking scenes. Is. <laughs> Tommy, by the way, this is why I called him Joker is because um, somewhere in this scene, he tells him, like, Nero just says, now listen, Joker. (laughs) (laughs) For no reason. Listen, Joker. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I love that Tommy just goes and starts making fake guns. Yes. He, he, he takes, so Tommy takes pieces of wood that he's had, like, you know, like firewood he's got sitting around, thin firewood, and he, yeah. and he go and you see a scene where he's taking pieces off of antennas up on top of his apartment building, metal pieces, he's breaking those off and he's using them as the quote-unquote barrels for the guns, and he's taping them onto the pieces of wood, and he's putting them in a in a in a sack, you know, a cloth sack bag kind of thing. Hell yeah. And and so he is he is he's not convinced that his blackmailer is super serious. So he's going to yes. try to fuck with him. And and, I, and you know, I I find these kind of scenes incredibly sexy. Like I'm one of those guys I like things to be sort of like not so up in your face. Off I love screen. that this like yeah, like this this crazy like random scene where like this naked woman like creeps into the scene out of nowhere and it's you, like are you playing cops and robbers <laughs> you don't even see anything and 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 it's i like her back I, I agree with you like and she's not in focus either yeah. so so you you have this out of focus half a cheek slightly a bit of her back kind of her hip and that's it yeah. And yeah and yeah no it, I agree with you it is pretty sexy it's like okay so he this this guy has a lot of girlfriends Oh he's doing okay Yeah, yeah he's doing I, really well I thought my college years were good this guy's just <laughs> knocking him out having a good time And he says oh no 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 this is just a little joke that I'm doing for one of my friends Yeah <laughs> and, uh, and I love the fact that he's such a two bit cocky piece of shit that he thinks mm -hmm. he's going to get away with getting the money cuz I think he says like oh it's going to be like Three hundred thousand, or something like that, or two hundred thousand, and he ends up telling Nero, "Oh, it's actually going to cost what five hundred five hundred thousand, yeah." Oh my god! And Nero does not fall for it. He knows that it's bullshit. He makes him go and look in a trash can like an asshole, which is really <laughs> funny. I love that. And he's starting to get pissed off. Like Tommy is like, "What the hell, man? Like, what are you doing to me, bro? Like, I just want to get the hell out of this. What do you want?" And Nero tells him, "No more trickery." Get me the fucking weapons, dude. Yeah. I'm gonna give you two hundred thousand. It's in the phone book. Yep. Go get that shit tomorrow night. And he and he actually does it, which I was I was like, all right, okay. He kind of yeah, you know, Tommy kind of. It's interesting, like Tommy's story here. Like he kind of gets caught in between his sort of people he answers to and Nero, and like it's implied that you know Tommy's actually not a bad guy. Like he he he's a thief. He's a crook. You know, there, there's some morally reprehensible things about him, but he's not a murderer, he's not a killer, he's not a scumbag who turns him, his back on his friends, so, but, you know, he, he is kind of, like, forced into, uh, between a rock and a hard place kind of thing. Yeah, he, he gets pulled back and forth to try to do these favors for Nero, until, so that way he... he he wants to get his name cleared. He doesn't want to deal with this bullshit. He doesn't want this hanging mm -hmm. over his head, which I totally get. And uh, we get to this casino. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful. I love, I love this whole us, sequence, man. Tell us a little bit about what's going on here, Lee. Okay, so we got this, like, you know, there's some illegal gambling going on. Uh, oh, yeah. a, a lot of illegal gambling going on. And fortunately, these, these, these crooks are, you know, they, they are in cahoots with some bad cops so they get tipped off if there's ever going to be a raid and they have it down to a fucking science of how to clean this shit up and not get caught so you know they they have all their gambling stuff on these like uh, billiard tables 
and they have a tarp over the billiard, billiard tables that they're doing the gambling on. So if anything happens, they can just pull the tarp up and run off with the gambling shit, and it's just billiards. We're just playing billiards. We just put some balls on the fucking table. Cops come in. Oh, I'm sorry, officer. <laughs> Would you like to join us in a game of billiards? Because that's all that's happening here, motherfucker. <laughs> I like the idea that maybe this happens a couple times a month, and yeah. the cop is always like, God damn it, <laughs> you never well, catch these sons of bitches. Well, it's like the, the head cop, the guy with the, the you know, the almost shoulder-length the, hair, he, yeah. he, he's obviously in on it, like he knows what's going on, and it's the, you know, it's the, the people under him that are, like, actually trying to do their fucking job, yeah. and so, you know, he's like, you know, oh, we came in late again. <laughs> oh, womp womp. Oh, chucks. Shit. And we find out that this this whole outfit is ran by this Mr. Gambino, who's yeah. a pretty big name in the area. He's, I think this is all takes place in, Gen, was it, Gen, I don't know how to say, Genoa? Gen, Genoa. Genoa. Yeah, whatever. Like I'm probably saying it wrong, and I apologize. Italy town. Italy <laughs> Bologna town, yeah, Bologna town, Pizza town. He he's, he is the he is the apparent like crime boss of Pizza town. So that's <laughs> that's what he is. You know, he he never gets punished. By the way, in this film, but he you know, and I and I kind of like that too. Like the film, it's like there's corruption in certain levels where it's probably not going to be touched. Yeah, this guy is so high up. He probably has so many cops in his pocket. It's just not and politicians. He's one mm-hmm. of those guys. Like you can just tell the way he talks and walks around. Like this guy is up there, and he basically Tommy has a connection to this guy, and he tells him about the amount of the amount of stuff that he needs. Yeah, he gives him. He tells him that this is only good for a three day rental. Damn, I thought Blockbuster charged a lot back in the day. Holy shit! Oh yeah, three day rental. <laughs> yeah, and and bullets are extra. God damn. <laughs> it's expensive being a criminal. You better have some yeah. fucking shit. You got to pull out a loan just to rob a bank. <laughs> <laughs> I well, mean, you're kind of getting robbed in the first place. I mean, I mean, criminals don't make money giving you shit for free. That's for sure. That's true. Yeah, yeah it's just the way it goes. If you're gonna do it like that, you got to pay up. And uh, it works out. He goes to the warehouse, and uh, Tommy goes to the warehouse to get the weapons. And Nero follows him, and he's excited. He's like, "This all my plan is coming together." Yeah, now call the cops, and they'll come and arrest him. <laughs> arrest him, these sons of bitches! He finally they they hook him up with because uh, he tells him at some point that he wants the he he tell Nero tells Tommy, "I I want these uh, I want the finest robbers you can find," mm-hmm. and he knows that he's going to pull out these three guys that yep. did the job that he was at. And he eventually he sees them come out into the warehouse, and he gets so excited. Oh My God! God. Does, you would does... have thought he won the lottery. I've got you, you son of a bitches! <laughs> and uh, he calls the cops right away. He runs full speed to mm-hmm. a, a, tel- a, a telephone booth that is out in the fucking sticks, which he, I he, can't he believe. He does. He does it like a Forrest Gump run to that fucking <laughs> shit, right? And like the braces come off, and he just he just runs over there. And he just felt it like running. He just calls the cops. He's like, the criminals are here at the warehouse. Hurry up. Get here. Who, who are you, sir? Forget my fucking name. Just show up. <laughs> it, it's going down now. What are you waiting for? Yeah, this doesn't sound like a prank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he took the worst strat 
into trying to get the cops to get there. Why don't you act calmly and let them know exactly what's going on? When you're like hyperventilating and calling the cops, I think sometimes they they immediately get a little off standoffish because you're not calling nine one one. Yeah, if yeah. you're hyperventilating and call nine one one, they totally understand. Yeah, the 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 lady on the other end of this fucking call is like, okay, could you calm down your revenge boner for a second, sir? <laughs> I'm about to come if you can just get to you. <laughs> Do, oh my I, God. do I have to reach into that phone and just slap you in the face like I did to my girlfriend? Dude, if there was a revenge boner, I would have been hard throughout most of high school. <laughs> I was like, after middle school, I was getting revenge on everybody, man. <laughs> uh, I was a skinny little shit through most of middle school, so I had a lot of guys to get back at. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Lee, I, I gotta go pee. All right. <laughs> Give me, give me two minutes, man. No worries. Uh, and also, I'm gonna fill up my. Wi- I'm gonna get another drink of whiskey. Oh, okay. Uh, so just give me a second. <laughs> I gotta go pee. <laughs> I gotta go pee. <laughs> Gotta shake it off. Ha, 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 ha. I'll be back. I gotta go pee. This is a subliminal message to all you listeners out there. Subscribe and listen to the Mustachioed Podcastio. It's the only podcastio about mustaches you should listen to do it now or you're a failure in life <laughs> i got to go pee <laughs> i got to go pee <laughs> Gotta shake it off. Ha 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 ha. I'll be back. I gotta go pee. Yeah, I just threw a little subliminal message there for the listeners. <laughs> I thought I heard your. I was like, is he doing like a a weird little monologue? <laughs> yeah, no. I just I just told people they should you know subscribe to the Mustachio Picastio oh. unless they're, unless they're fucking losers. That's nice of you, man. Um, I need to think of a fun little name for when I got when I gotta go take a piss uh, in my show. Mustachio, mustachio peepee. <laughs> Dude, you know this whiskey's good. When there was like a gnat in there that got in there, and I just drank it. I'm going. Oh yeah, I mean it didn't drink much. It's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. all alcohol. It's, it's you know. It's well, clean. Are you are you drinking that uh, bourbon that you posted on your Instagram? Yeah, I still have some left. Thank God. Yeah. Very good stuff. I'm in From the whiskey. Fort Worth, Texas. Oh, nice. I'm in the whiskey now, too. I'm in, uh, I'm doing, uh, Laphroaig Quarter Cask, uh, Ooh. peated scotch whiskey. Ooh, that's gotta be good. Nice and smooth. A little fire water. A little bit fire. Yeah, a little, little, little fiery. Fire. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, 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 it's just whiskey is, uh, and bourbon and... Bourbon rye just absolutely up my alley, man. Mm-hmm. It speaks to me. I have to be so disciplined 
to not drink too much of that stuff. I just <laughs> can't help it. It's like when I was a kid with chocolate. Like I could eat a whole fucking a giant rabbit of chocolate throughout a whole mm-hmm. Easter day. And I guess it's it's in me. I'm just one of those people. If I'm into something, I just can't help it. So it's just it just takes a little bit of discipline. Oh, I'm 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 the same with uh, a good uh, peated scotch. I just oh yeah, I fucking go nuts. Mm. One day I'll visit Novia Scotia, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll have to have a little whiskey, man. I uh, I look forward to it. It would be so dope to be on your show in person, man. That would be so much fun. Mm. Um, I mean. With, goes without saying, you're definitely invited. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I would love to be on the show, man. Yeah, just let me know. I don't care what movie you're talking about. I'll check it out, and we can have a jolly good time. All right. Um, and uh, I'm available mostly throughout the week, uh, but today is special. I I don't record on Saturdays too often, mm-hmm. but I kind of like it. I feel good because I'm not worried about work. I'm always always thinking about, like, oh, God, i got to work tomorrow. It's, like, always in the back of my head. But today, it's like, well, tomorrow's Sunday. Who gives a shit? Let's have a good time. Mm. Saturday's pretty much always our day for recording. Okay, I was going to ask you that uh, when when you first jumped on when you normally record. So you normally record on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I think the grind bin's always on Thursdays, so I try not to record on Thursdays because I always have... I tend to have, sometimes I'll have a guest that is going to be on the grind in the same fucking week. <laughs> so, uh, like, that's, in, for instance, that's actually happening, I think, next week with David. Uh, oh, really? Australia, yeah. And he's going to be there on Thursday, so I got him on Wednesday, which is his, like, it's so confusing because he's in Australia. It's like, my Wednesday is his Thursday, and his Thursday... So- yeah, I... <laughs> I've recorded on a couple of Australians uh, podcasts a couple times before, and it is a little bit of a mindfuck. It's crazy. I was going to ask you really quick before we get back into the movie. How long have you been in the whole podcasting thing? It's been since 2014, I think, at this point. God damn. Yeah. And the fact that you even give my show a listen is amazing then, because I'm fairly new to it. And not a veteran like you, so I, I that that means even more to me. Oh no, I I love you. I love your show. It's fucking hilarious. It's always entertaining. So, because you must run into some shows where you're like, Jesus Christ, what are they doing? <laughs> I mean, because you've been in the game for a while. You've heard them. You've heard, probably heard a lot of podcasts. You know, I you know to to be fair, I've hardly ever heard any bad ones that I've like dropped because it's like, oh, this is shit. Like the I, I don't listen to a super fucking ton of them. Like I mean, I, there's probably twenty five podcasts I listen to on a regular basis, and wow, that's a good amount though. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I heard you on the grind bin and shit, and it's like, oh shit, this guy's funny. And he, oh, he's got he's got a podcast. Okay, well, I gotta check it out. And yeah, stuck around. <laughs> yeah, no, your podcast is really good. So it's like, uh, I I just I just I I just look for stuff that's entertaining that you know gets me through my fucking shifts at work and stuff. And yeah, I feel you there, man. That is a big part of why, why I listen to shows. At first, when I was in LA and I had a shit, man, I had like an hour and a half commute. Mm. I was listening to so many shows, and now. I really have to work in the time, but it's just such a big part. Without podcasting and podcasts, like without listening to all the mm-hmm. shows that I listen to, I don't know how much I, I feel like mentally I would not be in as 
positive a space with everything that's gone on this you know last same couple of years. same here man i mean i mean podcasts are really just radio like it's the new version of radio right yeah so i mean whether you're listening to it at work or if you know you're you're out in the fucking yard and you got you got it like you know you got your fucking uh uh thumb drive stuck into your fucking stereo and you're you're yeah. blasting some podcasts like i do that all the time and it's just it's just what it is it's just you're just listening to radio and hanging out drinking having fun listening to people you like to listen to yeah man I love any show that has like, and I feel like mine is maybe a little leaning more toward the sometimes silly, but I like a show that has a, they, they don't take themselves crazy too serious, mm-hmm. but they also, you learn a little something at the end, or you learn a little something you didn't know. And Yeah. Um, I love that about your show. I love that about the band and Bloody Bits and everything I learned from movies. This just goes on and on and on. There's so many, we're, there's so many in this whole fucking network of shows that we've, all kind of all interconnected with without really we're not all part of a network but it feels like we're part of some kind of weird uh underground type yeah thing. and you know it. you you don't give yourself enough credit this this show's pretty good yeah i don't i don't give myself <laughs> <laughs> but it's i mean it's a good way you know? but I'm, I'm i'm guilty of the same same problem you are this yeah man i remember i've i've uh retweeted a lot of your Mm-hmm. You know, whenever I see your stuff, because you're just like, hey, this is out if you want to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Which I really love. It's very punk rock of you. It's kind of like, hey, if you're going to listen to it, you're going to listen to it. I don't need to sell it to you. You know, yeah. you, you want to check it out, you're going to check it out. I love that. I That's kind of the way I think, and I try my best to basically – when people are going to – whenever I post anything regarding my show, I want them to look at it and be like, I kind of have an idea what it's what I'm getting myself into once I press mm-hmm. play on this podcast. So that's what I try my best – work my stupid, weird, goofy personality <laughs> into into what I do. But anyway, uh, yeah, let's kick back into this. All man. right. Um, we now have Nero once again just yelling at a, at a cop, <laughs> just yelling at this detective. He's pissed off. He's tired of their bullshit that they didn't show up and, and com- let him complete in the in mm-hmm. the woods uh, or not in the woods in the weeds that he was yeah. in watching. I love the fact that when he was out there in the sticks, he's talking really loud to himself. I'm like, yeah, you're gonna get caught. I'm, yeah. I was waiting for him to get caught. It's like you're not that far away from that place. You're yelling at the top of your voice, like, "What the fuck? The fucking cops are doing nothing." <laughs> and uh, he, he, the detective tells him. Hey man, the the underworld is well organized. There's a chance they were listening to our police calls, and that's why they. Because basically, the cops didn't catch him because the mm-hmm. robbers and everyone else that was at the warehouse they take off right away. They got they got the heads up. Yeah. And the the detective tells him, "Hey, there's not a lot we could do about that." And he gets mad at at uh, Nero for basically accusing them of having someone in the inside right. that is crooked as fuck and I mean, being paid off i mean this is this is Which where is nero true oh no it's totally true this is like this is where nero discovers that like shit there's actually moles in the police department who are tipping people off because he's outside that that fucking place he makes the call and then like not any later than like two minutes later the fucking all the criminals just book out of that fucking warehouse and they're out of there yeah. And so he knows, he knows, oh shit, my call got passed on to a fucking mole in the fucking department, and they tipped the guys off, and they were to fuck out of there. And yeah. so he knows at that point, it's like, okay, I can't trust the cops, 
I can't, I can't get them caught because he, he's actually trying to do the decent thing here, right? Like, even though he makes this whole thing like I'm going to kill these motherfuckers in the beginning of the film, he's actually trying to get these people arrested. Like he's he's yeah. trying he's he's trying to do the good citizen thing of getting these although people he arrested. does buy weapons with his own money, which I'm sure is well, kind of in the gray zone. Well, but I, I mean, he's, I get it. I mean, he's committing crimes, but he's doing it to get connected to the underworld to yes. find these people right and so this is the next turning point in his character where he realizes no now i have to take matters my into my own, own hand and i have to like go after these people myself like directly and, and the good news is he has bought some pretty decent weapons he's yeah got, he's got the gear he can go out there and he can get this done. And he has Barbara there, and she is trying to convince him not to do it. Mm. And she says, um, "You really think the way to bring law and order is by becoming an outlaw?" And Nero says nothing because he doesn't give a fuck what she says. Yeah, so, yeah. Listen, it's good enough that I don't slap you this time, bitch. <laughs> I walk away. <laughs> I walk away. <laughs> I'm the bigger man. And so he goes out and he walks out and just completely ignores her. And then one of my favorite scenes in this movie, Nero just breaks into Tommy while Tommy's apartment while Tommy's trying to get a little his groove. Yeah, on. he he is he is bitten he is being ride like he is in the road middle. as he's <laughs> I don't. I don't know if it's the same female that was, you know, out of focus. I, I assume it's a different one because he's he's yeah. always got new women at, at any point. Yeah, but yeah, he he's getting <laughs> fucked. And there's there's the there's the there's the allusion to the fact that maybe she's a bit underage. Uh, yeah, why would he jump to that conclusion out of all things? He's like, because <laughs> Nero comes in and he pushes he pushes the girl out of the room and throws her her clothes, and right away the first thing that comes out of Tommy's mouth is she's of age. I yeah. mean, you know what? Why are you so mad? It, it feels like you know you know he's a twenty something college student. She might be yeah. like seventeen. It's that weird border where yes. when you're pretty young. Yeah, it, it, you need to be careful. And then he starts thinking, well, is this, he's like, are you her dad? Are you her yeah. boy? Like, what's going on, man? And then they actually end up fighting and he smacks Nero and Nero right away is like, I'll, I'll show you, I'll show the pictures to the cops. And he's like, oh, <laughs> you're the fucker that's been fucking with me this whole time. Yeah. Which, by the way, he, I sounded more angry about it. Like, Tommy's like, oh, you're the one that's been just Oh, you're that motherfucker. Me. It's like, <laughs> God damn it. He's almost got a little smirk on his face. Mm -hmm. Like. That's what I really love about Tommy's character. Never takes anything too serious. Like he, he he's rolls, just having a good time. He he is a guy who rolls with the punches. Like that's oh, that's yeah. his mantra in life. He just rolls with the punches. Like <laughs> so, like he he like he he gets in fisticuffs or like slap the cuffs with slap Nero the cuffs. because there's no punches thrown. It's just slaps <laughs> and. Uh, and he realizes, okay, I could probably take this guy, so I'll just like see what he has to say. You know, I'll just see what he says. It's just, it's fine. And Nero asks for something that is very difficult to get. He asks him for the names and addresses of the bank robbers, and yeah. Tommy tells him, "Yeah, I can't do that. Like, I will be put into a river. I will be put in concrete, and I will never find my body ever yeah. again." Yeah. And uh, and Nero is like. No, I need you to help me. I need you to get me these addresses. And Tommy's like, "No, I can't do that." He's like, "I need you to do it." And Nero goes, "And I mean, and Tommy goes, okay, I'll do it." Yeah, 
He's like, he, he kind of pushes as far as he could can and is like fucking hard cut to like them driving in a car. Like, doing yes. Shit. But I think because Tommy was like, ah, well, I'll try it. I can think of something. He's clever as fuck. You know, mm. he's like, I'll think of a way. Because you can tell. And that's honestly what, when you say that this is one of Franco Nero's best acting films, he does a great job of acting like a guy who's trying to be much bigger than he really is because you mm-hmm. can kind of also tell that he's a t- totally new to this world yeah. and a complete, like, basically an innocent guy who's just way out of his element. And so Tommy automatically feels like, oh, I can trick this guy into something. Exactly. Else. Yeah, yes, I can exactly. T- Tommy picks up on that immediately. Like, he's not sure when he's being blackmailed initially, but when he, when he starts talking to him face-to-face, he's like, Okay, this guy's a normie, and I can yeah. I can probably work my way out of this because I've spent my entire life fucking dodging and ducking and working my way out mm-hmm. of situations. So, and and a lot of times it's how you it's how you speak. You mm-hmm. know, guys that guys that do crazy shit that are in the underground, guys in the streets. There's a certain way that you speak to them, and there's yeah. a certain way you don't speak to them. And if you come at them a certain way, they just automatically know, yeah, you, you're not from the hood. You don't, you're, you don't know mm-hmm. what the fuck that we're about. It's really easy um, to, to work your way in there, and it's really easy for them to tell when, you, when you're not part of it. Right. And so he, we meet the wonderful Mrs. Cavallo. Cavallo. <laughs> and uh, she is... Um, Basically, the 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 excuse that Tommy gives Nero is like, oh, apparently, you know, you pay her enough money, she'll sing, and she has connections because her her um, was it her husband was her, a really big yeah, her husband was a big robber. safe safe cracker or something like that. Yeah, who has had connections, but it's it's all bullshit. She's a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> I was at first, I was like, wait, what? She's like, she tells Nero, like, follow me. And Tommy tells Nero, "Hey, if you want the information, you got to follow her. Do what she says. Don't, don't. Yeah, relax. It's it's played great because he's suckering her too. Like, right? Because he he's yeah, telling her, no, I'm I'm just bringing the guy to fuck you, and he's gonna pay you or whatever. Yeah. And so she thinks that's what the transaction is. Nero thinks the transaction is that she's a safe cracker's wife, and both Nero and her play it like so well." And when they get to the point where they're in the room and she's taking her clothes off, and Nero's like, fuck this shit. Yeah, Nero right. goes full aggro on her, dude. Yeah. He's like, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to have a boner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time for your tits. <laughs> time for your tits. <laughs> and and she's, she's actually pretty attractive, so yeah. it's too bad for him. And so he goes after, and we uh, one of the things we felt to mention was when they get there, Nero had a, a bad feeling about it. So he, I guess, in old Italian seventies cars, there was a key for your for your uh, steering wheel lock. Yeah, which is weird. So the key has to be in for the steering wheel to move properly, and the key, if the key is out, the steering wheel is locked. Yeah, you, you would think it'd be the opposite. Um, but um, he takes the key, so when Tommy tries to leave. He's like, "Oh crap! The steering wheel is locked." So he has to brake, and then you have you have Nero come by the window, and he's like, "Missing something?" Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this and is where it feels like a buddy cop movie to be. That's a that's bit. what it is. This is yeah. where this is where it turns into the odd couple body cup uh, buddy cop movie. Yeah, and it's it's fucking it's fun. Like, it is. It's it's, it's, good. it's, it's so fun, and uh, I kind of. I almost wish I had like the separate movie where they're just like you know, 
uh, criminal and straight dude. As, oh, like, dude, buddies. a sequel where they like a sequel where it becomes full com- like comedy police. Yeah, you know, that I would watch that. I think because Nero is like this super straight face. Yes, doesn't really joke around much, and you got Tommy who's just kind of silly goose. And, yeah. A, a two-bit criminal like he's like captain boomerang basically <laughs> <laughs> and uh i really like it i'm a big flash comic reader and he reminds me of captain boomerang mm. um doesn't take life too seriously yeah so they head to um they head to a payphone and he tells them like yo i i want to meet these guys i want to be introduced to them and Tommy is completely reluctant, and he he fights tooth and nail basically to yeah. try to get Nero to change his mind and what they're trying to do. And then we get a little bit of Tommy's background. We learn a little bit about the fact that he does he didn't come from much. He's been doing crime for a mm-hmm. long, long time, and he, he had a rough background, man. Like you know, he had a rough uh, upbringing, and this has just been his life. Uh, yeah, he's been in uh, he's been in reform school since like age thirteen. And he, uh, everything that's uh, been given to him has been given to him by the state. And uh, he's never, although he's never been given the opportunity to have like a real job or anything like that because of his criminal background. So, yeah. So he, you know, he, he feels like no matter where he goes, he's going to hit a wall. He's never going to achieve anything. So that's why he turned to crime. And maybe. I, I I would think it was hilarious if he was making all this up because it gets Nero to give him the negatives yeah. um, of the photos that he has for him. And maybe he wasn't making it up, but if he was making it up, fucking genius, because he gets Nero to guilt trips Nero into giving him those negatives. And, see, um, yeah, see, if, if, if his character was making it up, the next logical thing he would do is get the fuck out of the city and leave. But, oh, you're right. But so he doesn't do be that. Genuine. Yeah, it's genuine. Like he 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 is legit a good guy. On uh, you know, in the sense that you know he's not like a a guy who's trying to screw people over or murder people. Like he he is a thief and he's trying to get that easy money. Yeah, he is. But uh, he he you know he's he's kind of a. I wouldn't say Robin Hood character, but you know, somewhere on that spectrum kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, he's Catwoman with a heart. You know, yeah, he's got, <laughs> yeah, he's got a heart of gold, but he just, you know, he doesn't know any better. It's just so easy to make. It's. I know. I grew up with a lot of cats that have really good hearts, but gosh, it's when they, you know what you're doing, it's really easy to. They get f- they feel they feel pushed into a corner, and it's all you know. Yeah. yeah, when when it's all you know, it's it's difficult to go any other direction. So I totally get it, and he gets those negatives, and he that's this is a big part of when we hear about the garage, and he wants to run his own mechanic shop, mm-hmm. and Nero tells him he'll help him with that. He'll give him money to help him establish this uh, this this business. Yeah, and this is kind of a thing that kind of keeps them together and keeps keeps Tommy working with Nero. Yeah, and. and- and it's kind of a it's kind of a friendship moment too, right? Because yeah. you kind of you kind of feel like Nero kind of becomes sympathetic to him and like starts to like him as an actual person and shit. So like the <laughs> like you know beyond just being yeah, a crim- right. be- beyond being a criminal, he can use uh, he actually like relates like, to him on, as a yeah. human being and like they actually legit become friends kind of at that point. So they kind of do yeah. and. Even after Nero says, I still want to meet them, 
I still want to meet these guys. And Tommy is like, fine, man, it's your skin. Like, if mm-hmm. you want to go fucking meet them, let's go. So he takes him there. And shit just hits the fan for Nero. Well, get- and, and, and to, uh, so, so for to, to Tommy's credit, by the way, once he gets the negatives, he like tries to talk Nero out of going. He's like, he does. we can get the fuck out of here, dude. And because he he kind of knows like okay if I can get if I can talk him of out of getting out of here he can just say like okay the normie backed out and so you don't have to worry but Nero insists and you know so Tommy can't really say well I'm just gonna go somewhere else he's like I have to go through with this because that's the plan he knows that the the uh, robbers are setting Nero up at this point totally. And so he's like, okay, I got, I'm, I'm again, rocking a hard place. I like Nero. Uh, and then I don't, nis- I, I, I kind of call bullshit on him saying like, he doesn't know that they were going to kill him. Like, uh, dude, he, they're going to kill him. But, um, <laughs> but still like, you know, he, he's, he's built up enough. He's built up enough uh, fucking uh, good karma for me to like, give him a bit of a pass. And, but so they, so he takes him to the criminals, and Nero gets ambushed. And this is the second time that they just beat oh. the lit. They literally drag Nero through the mud. <laughs> Jesus Christ! He gets the shit beat out of him in a fucking mud puddle, and he Nero's acting in this point. The faces he makes. Oh yeah, fucking brilliant! Like this, like this terrified. This is where I say. Like this is his best performance in the 1970s, because the the fucking emotion this guy fucking portrays in this scene, in these like slow motion shots of him in this mud puddle getting the fuck beaten out of him and looking up at Tommy like you betrayed me and shit. That's like the that. hardest scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he sees he sees Tommy around the corner because I thought Tommy took off, yeah. but he didn't. He was still in the area. And he sees Tommy while he's in, literally in the mud. Yeah. And Tommy looks down. It's that that shame of like, yeah. dude, I'm so sorry, but I can't. I am powerless in this situation, man. You are gonna get your ass kicked, and I can't do anything about yeah. it. And I'm sorry. And he just goes through the he goes through the process of getting his ass beat, and it's almost like. I'm surprised they didn't kill him there at the moment, but I think they yeah. wanted to keep toying with him. Because they were like, dude, what the hell are you going to do? You know, this is... And you, they're having a good time with this motherfucker. And you kind of think, like, they might even want to pass him off to their mafia overlords to get rid of, maybe? Yeah, because yeah, cause they probably have a cleaner process Yeah, getting rid of a body. They don't want to just... they don't want You don't want to have to call the wolf and be like, oh, <laughs> we, we fucking killed this engineer who's a pretty well-known guy in the community. Yeah. You'd rather send him off to someone else, and they could just make his body disappear. Yeah, yeah, it does. That does make sense, yeah, especially if they're more of in the middle uh, level of of their organization. Mm-hmm. And so they throw him in like some kind of little storage area that he's locked into. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that <laughs> you hear a little rustle of some stuff going on, and uh, and Tommy comes out of like a little a little hidey hole, <laughs> a little trap door in the floor. <laughs> yeah. And Nero almost kicks him in the face. He's like, oh, yeah. oh, hey, man, don't be mad. Like, I didn't know they were going to try to kill you, bro. Like, yeah. what, man? It's like, let's get the fuck out of here. And, like, let's be really quiet about it. Because if they catch me taking you out of here, they're going to 
kill both of us. So they, oh, man. yeah, so they try to escape, and unfortunately, Nero's a little too beat up. He stumbles yeah, over some metal he's all shit. Fucked up. Yeah, you know, he if he had. Man, if he had had two barbacoa tacos and some big red that morning, maybe he would have had the energy. But he was too—it was too much for him. He uh, he dropped you, some scrap metal and you, you notice uh, Nero is dirty as fuck. He's beat the fuck. He's bloody as shit, and he's got quite a prominent stain on his crotch. Like he peed himself being beat up. Like, oh, is this the bar where you noticed? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, okay, you know, hats off to you, Franco Nero. Because you have the image of being the fucking dude in the 1970s. Like, you are the coolest motherfucker in the world, but you allowed yourself to be debased to this point where you're beat up and you've pissed yourself because you got beat up so much. And you, and you allowed yourself to do that in this, like, what a fucking actor. Holy and that's shit. What I'll, and that's what I'll give this movie, Lee, is that, you know, I told... Everyone knows Tim Yobo. He's been uh-huh. on the show before. He's very popular on the grind bin, and, and he has his own... He's a co-host of the Bloody Bits. And I told him that me and you would be talking about street law today. And he, the first thing he says is, oh, yeah, Nero is a complete P word. And y'all have heard him say that what? plenty of times on the show in that movie. He's like, he's a complete P word in that movie. And in, in my opinion, that was a choice. And, that, and the fact that... And, and I, I don't think he's a complete P-word. I think he's trying his best to do the best that he can as somebody who is completely outside mm-hmm. of his element. And it makes more sense in the film. It's it. Yep. The reason why the death wishes after the first death wish start getting so ridiculous is you're like, how is this guy all of a sudden this complete fucking Batman-esque yeah. like, vigilante who has no feelings and has no fear? You have to have fear in order to be able to push yourself to do things outside exactly. of your comfort zone. And I think part of that fear is y- your bodily functions. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, maybe he pissed himself. <laughs> it happens. You yeah. Know? You it, know, it, there's it, fear it, boners out there. It mm, happens. Endgame, Yobo. You've lost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling him out, man. I was yeah, yeah, like, no. Come, come, come ass, on. bro. You should <laughs> you should have been on this podcast, honestly, Tim. I, I would have argued the fuck out of it. Against you, motherfucker! I'm gonna have to bring y'all together. Uh, we'll cover. Mm. Uh, we'll cover another neuro film. Yeah, no, I I, I do love you, Tim, but uh, I would have I would have fought you on this one. Uh, <laughs> neuro is not a pussy in this. He's just a guy who uh, is punching way out of his weight class. That, there you go. Yeah, that's perfect. Perfect way to say it. And he ends up getting. I love this whole scene with the Mustang chasing after him. We have mm. the guy that the the bearded uh, robber because we have three three robbers. Yep. We have a blondish one. Yep. We have one that kind of looks like um, a proud boy, and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the one that's kind of bearded with the long hair. Yeah, he's the he's the more uh, bohemian robber. He's he's the, yeah. he's the more laid back. Like I'm lounging in my car, smoking a doobie. Kind of dude, yeah. Mm. And he gets in his Mustang and does a dead. I love the 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 spin, like the oh, just burning the, it. The fucking stunt work in this. This is where so good. So so Nero did most of his stunts in this film, right? I could tell. I was mm-hmm. like, that's him getting hit by the Mustang. Like you could tell. There's a couple scenes where you know obvious stunt double, but Nero is like rolling down those fucking gravel fucking hills and shit. Like he yeah. he is he is busting himself fucking up and. 
this whole sequence is fucking great. And this is where Nero really fights back, where he gets himself a shovel. <laughs> Oof. He goes down a cliff. There's a shovel in the dirt. He picks it up. The Mustang's coming at him. He smacks the windshield. The glass gets in the driver's face. He wrecks. Yeah. He comes out of his car all fucking just whatever. He's like, what the hell happened? And Nero just fucking shovels him in the uh. face like three <laughs> times in the face. I'm yeah. like, how is this guy... I was just, dude, it would only take one. I think it would take one full strength from Nero, and you are knocked out. Mm -hmm. And he just, and he's about to basically kill him. Yeah. And Tommy stops him just in time. Yeah. And tells him, man, what the fuck are you doing? Tommy actually thinks he's dead, but we learn later that he's not. He's actually alive. He survived. That that's a Tommy's bit of, happy about that. Yeah, that that's a bit of actually a stickler in the plot. It's like you've just gone you've you've gone overboard. Like you 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 have fucked up. You just killed a dude, and you yeah. killed you've killed a dude who's connected. That means we're all fucking dead. Like we're being hunted down yeah. at this point. And it's a big thing. And even even the fact that he lived, you're still kind of fucked. As soon as yeah. you've, he, it's the really the fact that he saw. Tommy help Nero get out of there. Yeah. They were already screwed over, and the, honestly, maybe it would have been more beneficial if they killed him uh -huh. because he wouldn't have been able to tell that Tommy was the one that got him out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Realistically, they probably should have killed the dude. They probably should have killed yeah. his ass. Uh, they should have done the whole uh, uh, <laughs> Evil Dead shovel to the throat, fucking behead <laughs> his ass. <laughs> But they didn't, so uh, he survives. They go to Nero's apartment, and Nero's apartment is on fire. Mm-hmm. And now they know they're being hunted down. And yeah. Tommy's like, well, I'm in too deep now. <laughs> like, uh, mm. He's some 41. He's, <laughs> well, I'm in too deep, <laughs> oh, and I'm God. trying to keep. I'm Canadian band. And stop. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> I hate that band so much. Oh, come on. They got a couple of hits. And uh, <laughs> I, I I forget. This is when I know you're a little older than me that you would hate some forty one. I grew up with them; they're fun. I hate their later albums. So I'll, 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 I'll give you that. I'll yeah, their later albums are okay. rough. But some of their early shit's kind of fun. It's you all right. Visit it. It's all right. They put they put uh, what? Where are they from? What, what part of Canada? I think I they're from know. Ontario, if oh, I'm not okay. mistaken. They put Ontario on the map, <laughs> the punk rock map. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> We need to have this discussion at some other point. We can, we can. Uh, yeah, we will. We will. We this can will talk about what punk bands put Canada on the map and did not put Canada <laughs> on the map. Thank you very much, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm so sorry. It's all right. And uh, so after this, Tommy's like, "I'm in this for the long haul, man. We gotta, we gotta go at these guys. We gotta figure out how to defeat them." And they, what, what happens after this? So they're in the car. And this is when they decide to go to the lab, and they do this whole very intricate plan. Yeah, right? this, with the this, this is, tapes and shit. Yeah, so here's where Nero decides where he gets really smart, and he's like, "Okay, so I <laughs> I, really I know smart. I know the cops are in cahoots, and I know the cops are, you know, if if they are shown to be connected to these criminals, it's going to be really bad for them. It's going to be really bad for the criminals. So he he fakes some." recordings of evidence quote-unquote that connects the criminals to the cops so he doesn't actually have any real evidence but he makes recordings <laughs> that kind of allude to that yeah and then he stashes them in his lab 
and then he ransacks the lab, burns a bunch of the lab up, burns the he recordings. Burns some, yeah, he burns some other tapes to make him think that mm -hmm. the guys would have come through, ransacked the place, burned the tapes they found, but then missed a couple of tapes. Yeah, so what this does is that the supposed evidence linking the cops to the robbers and organized crime as a whole, this forces the mafia to sever ties with the robbers. And also this forces the cops to shake up the underworld looking for those robbers and getting rid of them so they can't squeal or say anything. So um, this is a really cool, smart move from Nero here because this is basically like... We're going to make these robbers not protected anymore by anybody so we can get them somewhere where we can get at them. It works really well for them. Um, the cops do arrive, and the detective that he's been dealing with this whole time comes through as well. I love the fact how nonchalant and indifferent all of them are. They're yeah. Like, oh, well, like, okay, well, we found these tapes. We'll, we'll listen to them. We'll figure it out. And Barbara comes through, and she's worried that... Mm -hmm. Nero's been killed, and he's like, no. She, it's funny, because she comes in, like, very obviously high anxiety, yelling. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I love the fact that the detective has the fucking indecency to be like, would you calm down? Though? Yeah, would, I mean, you, <laughs> would you stop being hysterical, woman? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do I have to slap like, you? I think we both know, Lee, you cannot tell a woman to calm down. No. You'll get the opposite reaction. No, you, you cannot. Time. You cannot. You cannot. No. And, I, and, and I will admit, y'all, I've done it before. I've done it before, and it never works out, and I regret no, it every no, time. It doesn't. It doesn't. We never learn. We don't. I can't help it. I just want, I want you to calm down, so I say it in words, and then it's, it gets it's, worse. It's a male instinct that is a failure is. of our of our gender. And I was dating a Puerto Rican, and you. you oh shit! Yeah, they don't fuck around. You no, tell them to calm down, and you are going to get a no. fucking boot in your ass. Uh, yeah, it Daniel, every why? Time. What are you even doing? Well, I'm also Latino, but just not as cool as a Puerto Rican, <laughs> and so I think I can handle it, and I can't. Yeah. They're just—they're too Fuck. powerful. Yeah, and uh, and so that all happens. Things are going fairly good because the cops are basically pushed into fucking catching as many criminals, like mm -hmm. lower level criminals, as they can, and they're. Because I love the fact that the detective is like, don't, don't make sure they're not choosy about it. Let's just, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's just grab anybody we can, man. Let's just go hookers, pimps, yeah, who whatever. Shit? Yeah. Uh, guys that jerk off in porno theaters. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they arrest Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Paul, Paula Rubens, you are arrested. Father Ruben, who do you know who has tried to kidnap this executive? Tia Wheel Herman, what are you doing? <laughs> so he's just trying to make a big splash so people mm. can see that they're trying. Mm -hmm. Which Nero and Tommy celebrate. They're like, look, we're in the paper. The, and by the way, somebody leaked to the paper the tapes because how did the paper know mm. how deep this goes? I was, ooh, there's a lot I, of I, weird I kind of feel like Nero like sent a message to somebody. A little so oh yeah. I can't feel like little, he did. A little anonymous thing. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so then uh after that, eventually there's that part which I really love where I think um well they also they bring in Cam Gambino too. Mm -hmm. And he's super chill. He's yeah. like don't worry, I'll be out of this in a little bit. Not a big deal. It's going to be fine. Uh, pizza party. Yeah. <laughs> pizza. 
God damn it. I mean, well, there goes the, here goes the Italian listener. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what he says. It's just like... <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. It's, it's like, it's like uh, the cops have enough in a pizza party on a me. Uh, uh, grazie. <laughs> and uh, I love that Tommy is driving his car, and he just gets out and jumps into Barbara's Fiat. Mm. And she, he's like, don't freak out. I happen to know your boyfriend. Yeah. I'm not an Italian male who's going to rape you in the 1970s. I just have a message for you. I know that's really difficult for you to understand because you're in a Polizioteschi movie in the 1970s, but I'm not here to rape you, just so you know. That whole scene is so bonkers, man. I would have fucking. I, it would have been so funny. She just maced his ass like, right at that moment. <laughs> that 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 is the comedy version of this film, where it's just like you know they're they're buddies and shit. She just maces him and he falls out of the car like ah fuck. But that's not what happens. He, no. he takes her to Nero, and uh, you know the whole thing with Barbara and Nero is so weird. She's like she's trying to tell him, don't do it, don't no. do it. Like everyone else is always telling Nero not to do it. He's gonna do it. Yeah, it's so undercooked. Like honestly, as as much that's as the I, weakest part of the it, film, it, it right? is. It doesn't yeah. need to be here. Like Nero does not need to have a girlfriend in this film. Honestly, nah. Nah, there was a little shoehorned in. They didn't yeah, really quite need it. They Even just know she's gorgeous. But. Yeah, it's it's like it's it's almost like just a almost like decision by committee. Like we need to know that Nero fucks chicks, <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the only decision here because Barbara Bach does nothing and gets nothing other than a slap in the face in this film, and yeah. that's, that's it. So we need we need to know that he doesn't only coom from revenge. Yeah. He... <laughs> <laughs> so Ooh. she tries to talk him out of it. He doesn't care. Yeah, he's like, listen, I've already slapped you in the face once. What else do you want? Uh, like, you're not going to talk me out of this shit. I apologized. What else do you want, woman? Just go back in the kitchen. That that's kind of <laughs> that's the message here that you get out of this film. Yeah, when I'm done uh, when I'm done with all this, and I if I happen to be alive, yeah, you better be in the kitchen making me meatloaf. That's right, and naked, and naked. Yeah. And so then Tommy tell. I love this opening scene where uh, Tommy says the first thing he says is, "Hey, are we still good with the whole garage?" Thing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> He's very on this garage thing. He's like excited, like this might actually happen. He's like, I don't really want to keep helping you if you're not gonna give me the money for that mechanics yeah. garage. And of course, uh, Nero is like, No, yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna no. help you. Don't worry about it. Totally, you're not gonna get murdered. It's fine. No, you'll be okay. And so he says, uh, Tommy says, I'm going to go meet with an informant. Apparently they know who these guys are. We're finally going to get their addresses, and we're going to be able to close this out, tie it in a knot, and we will be okay. And that, unfortunately, is not how things work out. No. What happens here? It happens that it is a setup because they're like, okay, we're just going to kidnap this Tommy guy, and we're going to force Nero out in the open and kill his ass. That's... That's the whole plan. And Nero's in hiding at this point. He's like in a basement of some fucking Yeah. They got a little hideout. Like yeah. Weird area. Yeah. It's it's, it's like really a it's adjacent to a warehouse. Like there's a lot of warehouses in this fucking film. <laughs> and and this is just like some like uh, artist loft adjacent to a warehouse that happens to be artist a basement. Loft. It's like an artist loft basement. You're right. It does look like a fucking <laughs> artist loft. 
you know, if an artist loft was a basement, this is what yes. this is, right? So he, he and he's obviously been here for a few days. He's got a he's got a bed. He's got a bunch of booze bottles on the shelf. Uh, you know, he's doing all right. And doing all right. yeah, and so Tommy's like, okay, I'm going to do this meeting, and then eventually Tommy comes back. He's you know surrounded by the robbers. They have him at gunpoint, and Nero's like, I don't believe you, Tommy. You yeah, was he have spidey sense? He just like knew. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's inter- interesting. Yeah, it's just like Tommy shouldn't be. I don't know. I I don't really get that too much, but yeah, it's a very um, it's a moment in the film where it's like I guess Nero just knew something was kind of fishy with the fact that because um, if I mean because does he knock the same way? Because he did that little um, that secret knock, you know, that yeah. generic ass secret knock initially. And he, I guess he does it again, but I, I don't know something about the whole fact that Nero is like, I don't know, I'm suspicious about the, what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, but it works because you hear he hears uh, Tommy get his ass whooped. Yeah, and then they circle around the building and they find they find like a little basement window. And goddamn, Tommy gets it bad. They're just oh running god, his he, ass in a, and there are close up shots of Tommy with glass stuck it in is his face. So good, yeah. It's so good. It's one of the most, honestly, one of the bloodier scenes because there's not, even though there's a lot of um, squibs, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of, like, bloody face stuff. Like, even the times where um, where Nero gets beat up, his face doesn't look that bad. He just looks no, a little no. dingy. Tom, Tommy gets it the worst in this film, and uh, it's, it's brilliant the way it's done because you get to really care about Tommy. Like he's, he's the most, he's the most charismatic character in this film. He's the most one that you kind of like as a viewer kind of put stakes in. And when he gets his face rammed in those fucking windows, you actually feel it. Yeah. And he's got glass sticking on his fucking face and he's begging fucking Nero to like show himself and like do something. And, Nero's just like I can't, I can't do anything. Like I'm, just, I'm just stuck here. Like I'm, I'm waiting. And the hardest part is that he says, he's he finally toughens. You know, Tommy toughens up, and he mm-hmm. says, "Kill these sons of yeah. bitches." And that sets off the robber guys. And they, I thought they shot him, but I guess they just knock, they just knock the shit out of yeah. Tommy. And then they start. They do what I would have done too if I was trying to get this guy out. <laughs> he starts. I mean, I it works. You just mm-hmm. light the bitch on fire. <laughs> Yeah, just just pour gasoline into the fucking basement and set it on fire. They, he's he's either gonna leave or burn to death. One or the other. Yeah, yeah. one or the other. You win. It's a win-win situation. Although and although although the, these guys are really stupid, though, they should have just stopped at the at the. Well, oh no, wait. They should have just knocked the door down. Wait, wait. Never mind. Never mind. Because Nero gets out of like a second exit. He gets out of like. Yeah, a, he finds like a little hidey hole that goes yeah. into an even deeper basement. Yeah. <laughs> is Italy just a bunch of <laughs> underground shit? Because isn't Italy like famous for like that weird uh, fucking cave thing of skulls and shit? Oh, yeah. Um, no, no. Italy is, is a city that is several cities built on top of on each top other. On top of each other. Yeah. Gosh, so there, is crazy, there is. Dude. There is a shit ton of shit under under modern Italy that 
Yeah. That is amazing, man. Yeah. I love that. I, I mean, I grew up. So growing up in Texas, we don't have basements. Like, that's right. not a. We have attics, maybe. Yeah. Or it's like a cross space type attic, but we do not know anything about basements. We have such hard ground. It's like limestone. Mm-hmm. You're not going to. It's too much work. It would be super expensive to get down there. It's like, but uh, I know it's. There's like some Cal- parts. Like California doesn't have basements, too. Right? Yes, yeah. California is the same way. It's just a similar type of soil and. But there are other parts of the states that do have basements. So it's always been very interesting to me. Like, I grew up loving Home Alone. And when he goes down <laughs> to his basement and he sees a furnace that's, like, haunting him, I'm like, oh, I'm glad I don't have a basement. <laughs> 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 like, they seem like bad news, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. Basements, <laughs> basements are what you make of them. Uh, I so will in say Nova that. Scotia, do you have a... Uh, I have a basement, basement, yeah. Oh, we, okay. we uh, you know, we... Uh, my basement used to be one with a dirt floor. Um, Ooh, we, you know, I we like that. We Very sem- haunted. We cemented. <laughs> it kind of was haunted. We, we, it was damp and haunted. Uh, but we, we, we cemented it up, and you know, it's it's kind of a more respectable, you know, like chill out basement where you can go down and hang out and drink or whatever. But oh, you know, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll go to your basement, bro. Oh shit, you're invited. <laughs> So he finds a lower, like, like underneath the basement, yeah. he goes and he escapes. And Nero goes and he runs just as fast as he can into the largest. Cons- I, it looks like an airplane hangar, but I guess it's it's weird. It's huge. I, I always I always think of it as like a hockey rink. Like it's Dude, big. You could, yeah, you could totally host a fucking hockey game. And there's there. nothing in there. There's like a couple crates. <laughs> a couple of crates, a couple of caterpillar uh, construction yeah. things. How how is this business running? What's going on here? Like, if you <laughs> if you have a building that big, there should it should always be full of shit. Like, it, it yeah, should never too, be empty. It's too expensive for that real estate to yeah. not be fucking using that in some way or shape or form. And of course, Nero runs right into the middle of it, and they yeah. turn all the lights on. Which actually, I really love the sequence of seeing oh, the lights brilliant. going on. It's so it's crazy. Brilliant. And the three robbers, one of them, the blonde one, has has uh, Tommy with a gun to his head, mm-hmm. and then the other two are out there, and they all have higher ground. They're all like up in a kind of like a higher level. Yeah. And they're telling they're telling um, uh, Nero, dude, you're fucked. You're in the middle of this. You're ba- basically a fish in a barrel situation. Give yourself up. But they still almost seem like they don't want to kill him. They just want to kind of take him in. Yeah. At first. And he doesn't decide to. He doesn't want to give himself up, so they start shooting at him. And this is a insane, interesting so, sequence. It's so good. This, this is where you know. This is where um, Castellari fucking excels. Shines. And, yeah. Like his, his action. Like he at the heart. Even though he he does some pretty socially conscious stuff here and there, at the heart he's an exploitation director and an action director, and. This is a great fucking shootout sequence. It is just so, like, pleasing to the eye. Weirdly enough, like you know, seeing people being shot up and and it it's so kinetic and well done, and you you understand the emotions of the characters as they're shooting, which is a weird thing to say, but like you you get how Nero is pinned down by these guys and how he and can't, also, he can't also, help Tommy right. Yeah, and also the fact that they have these like crazy automatic weapons, mm. and all that Nero has. Well, as far as I knew at the point was, all he has is that boomstick. He has like, he's, a huge he's shotgun. Got, he's got a shotgun, so he does not have the range that they do. Yeah, so he has to be incredibly precise, or at least have them. That's the thing. Shotguns are 
awesome when somebody is you know 10 feet away from you mm-hmm. 15 20 feet away from you yeah but when you're trying to shoot somebody that's way up in a balcony level yeah they're kind of useless yeah because <laughs> he takes a shot at one of the guys who's up in the balcony and like the shotgun blows up like this like wooden partition that's there like it fucks yeah. it up but it doesn't fuck him up because he's too far up like it yeah it, 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 at that point the pellets are not going to really affect him at all really you know yeah and even if you get a little hit you're gonna be okay mm-hmm. you know it's just gonna hurt like a bitch it's, it's like you're getting buckshot yeah and and it's a lot of back and forth a lot of of very intricate they're kind of basically mentally fucking up Nero. They're just trying to make him so scared. Oh, they they take Tommy out and they put him in the middle of the shit. Oh, it's so and rough. they they Murphy him from Robocop. Like they they fuck this guy up. They, and not, it's so slow. Oh, it's, it's so, so slow. So they, bad. They, they they shoot his fucking limbs and stuff and just leave him out there as a target and try to lure Nero out and Nero is not taking the bait. He, like he tries to throw a gun out at one point to Tommy and Tommy can't reach it cuz at that point he's crippled as fuck. But. And Nero uses that moment where the bearded burglar is shooting at the handgun to, to mm-hmm. not allow Tommy to get to it. So while he's distracted, that's the first time Nero kills somebody. Yeah. I mean, it's a big. that's what's such a big deal about this movie is the fact that Nero perfectly portrays somebody that has never killed someone. Right. He's completely terrified to mm-hmm. take a life, but he knows he might have to at this point, and mm-hmm. he kills that guy. And that's the first death, and we still have the proud boy, and we still have the blonde boy, and we see Tommy drag his. <laughs> his oh like, God! He's been, he's been plugged like three or four times. Yeah, at this he point. he is bleeding out everywhere, and <laughs> poor, to- poor Tommy. Tommy Tommy does not get a good fucking payoff. Send away? Film. No, he does not get a good. A little bit in a way because he jumps into a construction. Um, bulldozer somehow, and then somehow, and then somehow is able to operate it. Which yeah, is, I, which I can kind of believe because because he is from you know he's from uh, a street he's a street level criminal. Maybe maybe he has some experience in in working construction eh, and, 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 and blue collar experience and controls of those things aren't complicated. It's like he, yeah. it's it's very I mean, it's actually if you know how to drive a manual. Yeah, you, you can kind go. Of, and he he crushes a dude to death like he pushes a bunch of fucking crates into a dude against like a uh a cement partition and just kills that dude like snuffs his ass yeah. out and oh. then he gets completely mm-hmm. he gets this a couple guy takes fucking <laughs> he takes so many bullets yeah. it's like it's, it, you're you're hard pressed to believe he survives to the end where Nero can comfort him you know kind of thing yeah the my only thing is like well he didn't take a headshot yeah, so a, a bunch of body shots. So he's basically just you know bleeding out and waiting until he goes, and then after that, that encourages Nero to just completely go full instinct, full ape shit, and he finally kills that the basically what I think the movie set up as the toughest of them all. Yeah, is the blonde raggedy haired guy. Yeah, that's uh, Romano uh, Pupo uh, is the you know the head of the uh, 
robbers. The head of the robbers, yeah. And he's he's kind of the scariest, toughest one. Mm-hmm. Which I wish they gave him a little more to do because he's actually pretty good on film. He is, he is really good. And uh, he's the guy who died at like age 61 of like, I think, a heart attack or something. Like, oh, he, okay. he, he Actually, he was like um, water skiing or something and died of a heart attack while he was water skiing, unfortunately. Damn, that but, sucks. but he was a stuntman and actor. And he is in a shit ton of Italian stuff that is great. He like, has a really good bad guy face. He he, so he does, and he's actually Kinda... a really good actor. Like I think he's, yeah. I think he, you know, as a physical actor, he is pretty much perfection. Like he has a great yeah. face, and he he sells everything he does. He sets the tone right away mm-hmm. in the beginning of the movie when they first take off their mask. You see his face, and you're like. Put the mask back on. Like this guy's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's fucking terrifying. <laughs> and uh and so Nero comes out and blasts his ass with a mm-hmm. shotgun and kills him. And Nero catches up to Tommy and we have this kind of heartfelt scene. It's uh where, mice and men kind of scene. Yeah, very mice of men, and all of a sudden uh Nero becomes a, a interior designer. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have the greatest mechanic shop ever, Tommy. We'll have the break room right here, and the <laughs> men's restroom will have a bidet, and we'll spray water in your butthole. Yes. It's going to be beautiful, and oh, shit, Tommy, you're dead now. <laughs> yeah. Well, forget that dream. Sorry, I lost myself in the design of this yeah. complex. I'm going to go back home and slap Barbara Buck now. <laughs> Maybe I should have become an architect. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, hey, hey, Chuck Bronson, do you have any job available? <laughs> Come to the states, <laughs> and um, so yes, Tommy dies, and it is a sad scene yeah. uh, as much as it's kind of also hilarious. And then Nero goes into the uh, detective. Uh, he goes out to the precinct. He's talking to the detective. The detective tells him, "All right, man. So here's the story. <laughs> yeah, we're covering this shit up because <laughs> we don't want you to talk. So we're just gonna drop all charges, and you just you fuck off on your merry old way and don't say shit." Yes. All you have to do is sign the statement that we came and we saved you. There was a shootout. We killed the bad guys. Mm-hmm. You were not a hero in this. We do not want to inspire anyone else to start being vigilantes. Because yeah. they, I think they know. If the papers get a hold of the fact that, oh, this random guy who's an engineer right. stood up and killed these guys, and all of a sudden you might have a whole different society going on. Exactly. And so I totally understand that. I love the tension of like the detective holding out the pen and being like, "Just sign the paper." Yeah, please. And he does sign it reluctantly. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it in his face where he's like, oh, "I don't want to do this, but at least I'm not going to prison because that, he has done and, some fucked up shit." And and that's the change. That's the change from Death Wish. He does not go full like fascist vigilante, like take it, take things into his own hand kind of thing. I mean, he's he's done it, but. It's almost like I want to be somewhat of a inspiration to those who feel like mm. they're being trampled on, that they have a voice, they can do something. There is an action that they can do. Well, he, he doesn't even know that he's an inspiration at this point, right? Like, oh, we, you're right. No, we, it's we, not we, until the very end. Yeah, yeah, the very end he learns that he's an inspiration. And then that, that's the message of the film, that he, is, he becomes an inspiration to other people. Because he's walking out of the precinct and he sees this guy and this this I think this was a guy in the very beginning in a freeze frame that was fucked up and they took his briefcase and he's yelling at he's yelling at one of the detectives that we've seen quite a bit he has long hair mm-hmm. and the way the detective is not even looking directly at him I would want to fucking punch this guy in the jaw. <laughs> yeah he's I am a, one of those people he's a dick. Like, 
look at me in your fucking eye. If yeah, I have yeah. To tell be, a, you. be a be a fucking like person. treat me like yeah, treat me like an equal person. Treat like, me with respect, motherfucker. Me. Yeah. And uh, he tells him, "I've been robbed four times, and the next time I'm going after the criminals. I don't give a shit. I'm so sick of you. I'm so tired of you not doing anything about it. And I'm tired of your indifference." Yeah. And then they show Nero, and he has a little smirk, the happiest Nero can look. He's got like yeah. a little childish smirk, and he realizes, "Yeah, maybe I won't do this anymore, but there will be others that will replace me." Mm-hmm. And and, and yeah. I think I think that I think that kind of like you know people might want to criticize this as like you know a, a right wing fascist narrative of like vigilantism, but I think uh, Inzio Castellari is kind of arguing that if all of society is corrupt at this point. And, like, he presents a society that is totally corrupt from, like, top to bottom, just corrupt. Uh, all you can do is actually resist and and be part of the revolution. So I, I, I yeah. think it, it actually is kind of a more left-leaning socialist message, actually. You know, totally. It, it's, it's an extreme one, but I think it is one. No, and I think that's what makes it such a captivating film. You know, whether it's, I think, I think it's more based in reality mm-hmm. than um, than some of the other vigilanteism films that this inspired. Yeah, I think this feels much more real and feels much more how I feel. Like personally, um, you know, it's a little deeper than I would want to go. But I mean, personally, growing up in the inner city and and seeing a lot of the, you know, I, I've seen. Honestly, man, I've seen someone chase a woman with an axe growing uh, up as like a nine-year-old, and seeing those seeing those kind of things, you know, happening in your neighborhood, and mm-hmm. and even to this day, living living in the hood and and seeing people flexing and doing all kinds of crazy shit, you do have a weird inspiration of like a, there's like a weird instinct inside your chest that's like I want to do something about it, but not for me. I want to do something about it because I want everyone to feel safe about walking yeah. around these streets. Um, and so I totally understand uh, the concept of this movie, and I, I can see where he was coming from. Uh, and I had a really, really good time with it. And as you know, hmm. Lee, um, with many of the movies that I cover on the Mustachio <laughs> podcast, yeah. I like to kind of touch on a little bit of an impression um, that, mm-hmm. that really inspired me inside the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a segment I call Quick Impressions. And I, I would actually like to do a, a quick impression, but first... Quick impressions. I just want to leave room for the for the. For the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. I know but this first, podcast works. <laughs> I would like you to do a quick impression. Okay, so this is Franco Nero at the end of the film. He has Tommy in his arms, dying, and here's oh. what he says. We're going to open the biggest garage of all time. You'll be famous. Big Tommy. A real personality. And all the girls will come to your garage to see Big Tommy. (laughs) You're going to go Big Tommy, dude. (laughs) Oh, God. It's so good. Um, Okay, so here's here's mine. Not not as fun, but um, uh, we kind of covered it earlier. But it's them. They're here. I knew I was right. I knew I was right. Dirty sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even sound Italian. I sound like, I sound like a crazy person. But uh, either way, 
absolutely love the both of those lines. Uh, Big Tom. Everyone's here to see Big Tom, even if their car's not broken. They're gonna come here to just see Big Tom. Just to see Big Tommy. Then fuck you in the break room. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna have so, snacks in the break room, and you're gonna fuck you. So. uh... As you know, Lee, I rate these movies by mm-hmm. my favorite mustaches. You got the full f- full Manchu recommendation. You got the walrus recommendation. You got the horseshoe recommendation for pretty good. And the Hitler mustache recommendation for burn this movie in hell. I don't really have to ask, but I'm going to ask anyway. What do you give this movie, Lee? Okay, well, I'm not going to lie and say this movie's perfect. There, there's, it, it gets a little slow at parts, especially, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure some people especially find it super slow. I don't. But... This is a full fucking Fu Manchu. This is my favorite Policioteski. It's one of my top five favorite fucking Frank and Nero films. It is great top to bottom. Um, you can't lose with Franco Nero and uh, Castellari directing. And uh, yeah, full fa- Fu Manchu, man. It, it, it's a fucking fantastic film. I completely mirror that. I give this the full... Fu Manchu recommendation. Absolutely love this movie. I can't wait to show more people it that have not mm. seen it because I think it it just has so much more meaning to it than a lot of the movies that it inspired. Um, and I just had a really good time with it. The soundtrack is great. The mm-hmm. acting is great. There's just so many good transitions. I love the way the movie flows. It just doesn't feel as long as it actually is because it's that good. I give it a full Fu Manchu. Nero knocks it out the damn park. Yeah. Absolutely loved it, man. I'm so glad you brought it to the show. I'm happy to do it. And uh, it is, uh, if you want to buy it, Blue Underground or Code Red have DVDs. Uh, It is free on YouTube right now. Uh, So, you know, just check it out on YouTube if you want to search that out. And it's also on the uh, Full Moon, I, I think it's still on this, on the Full Moon streaming service with Amazon Prime. Yes, yes. I saw it through Amazon Prime. Okay, yeah, there you go. It looked fantastic. Um, I do plan on buying a physical copy uh, Mm. now that I've been able to fully embrace this film because it is so good. And there's actually, I found this this group that does these really dope posters. I'll have to share them on Instagram or like uh, retweet them or something, but I'm hoping they have a street law poster because they mm. do a lot of those you know old school movies and um also exploitation they do a couple they do have some charles bronson posters oh, yeah. so if not i will message them and tell them hey maybe uh yeah maybe, maybe a give, street law poster give give franco nero a little love you assholes yeah i would love to put that on a frame and have that in my house man, yeah because that guy is gorgeous mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fantastic he's got see. he's got the he's got the like most steel blue eyes yeah, I, I, it was, and, and that's honestly what's interesting is he's bigger than everyone that beat him up. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a big son of a bitch. Like this guy would have been a great Batman. Um, what what a, a what dude. a what a great fucking dude he is to. Like he is physically imposing, but he let himself just get fucking boot fucked in this film <laughs> by everybody. Like like Franco Nero is. One of my favorite action actors and just like leading men, because he literally, if, if he has an ego, it does not show up in his films. Oh no, nah. He seems like a very humble cat, dude. Yeah, and and honestly, just cares about the craft. Just cares mm-hmm. about being able to make a, a good movie, even if it's a lower budget film. Just oh yeah, being able to put himself into it and have a good time. 
Um, I cannot wait to have him uh, honored back on this show. Yeah. Until then, and maybe you'll be involved in that. Maybe oh. I'll bring you and Tim to talk a little. I, bit I would. I would be. I'd, I'd love to uh, debunk <laughs> Tim Yobo about this like weird cuck status that Franco Nero has in this film for him. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, you know, Tim. Usually you're kind of on point, but I kind of think you're totally wrong on this film, and I would love to fucking hash it out with you, sir. Hell yes. I will make that happen as, as sooner than you think, because okay. it's my show, so I can do whatever I want. All right. Um, so do you have, Lee, anything you would like to promote, anything coming up, any episodes coming up that listeners might be uh, interested in? Uh, well, um our pod, our main podcast is in a weird little state right now. One of my main hosts, Daniel, is in a bit of a hiatus, so we're just kind of like doing whatever the fuck we want to do. So there's no real uh, no real direction. We're just kind of like fucking around like, hey, you want to do this film? Yeah, we'll do this film. Nice. Um, but as far as uh, my Blood on the Tracks uh, side podcast goes, like I said, we're doing the scores and soundtracks of the DeAngelis brothers, uh, Guido and Maurizio, and of course they did this film and they did many others uh, way too many actually in the 1970s for me to cover <laughs> and uh, uh, if you want to check that out I think you might have a good time listening to some of the uh, selections I've dug up, like I've, I have done, I don't want to you know I don't want to give myself a major blowjob here, but I have done a lot of research, like trying to dig up their scores and soundtracks and uh, make yeah. good good episodes for people to listen. So um, if you want to listen to that, you know, come come here, tmbdos.podbean.com. Perfect. And uh, where can they find you on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter? Oh Jesus Christ! I don't know what my Instagram is. Uh, my Twitter. <laughs> Actually, I don't even know what my fucking Twitter is. You, you're, you're probably going to have to link those in the show notes. I, I never usually, like, uh, shout those out, so I don't have them, you know, yeah, I'll committed to memory. The, I'll Please. link them in the show notes. Thank you very you much. You can follow, follow the show and get to know when they're going to have new episodes. Yeah, really you, you, you probably don't want to follow me on Instagram because I hardly ever use it because I don't have, yeah, like, but... I don't have much. I don't. I have, like, a tablet, but I don't really use it so but when you do post something it's usually meaningful and like what i post so i do appreciate it i oh, always have oh, stupid drunken you. posts so um i i do enjoy when you do get up there and you post something out there um and y'all know where you can find the mustachio podcastio the only thing i wanted to mention really quick is uh the podcastio does have a discord and it is oh. in our link tree mm -hmm. If you click on the our link tree, you will find the a Discord link, and you are welcome to jump in. There's no, there's no, um, you need to pay me nothing. It's for free. Just <laughs> jump in. We got a bunch of different channels, um, and you can just enjoy. It. We got video games, we got movies, we got movie recommendations, we got all kinds of shit. Mm. We got a whole channel dedicated to Marvel and Disney. I don't even go in there. It's just oh. for the weirdos that want to talk about it. Holy <laughs> shit. So we got a little bit of everything in uh, in the Discord for the podcast here. So please join. The more people, the better, and I we will all have a good time. I'll I'll, um, I'll say this now. Yeah. And you know, people listening to this who have never heard me before probably don't take any stake in anything I have to say. But Daniel's good people. You should follow him. Yes. Yes. I think you would love it. Uh, <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, until next time guys uh, we will catch you uh, next week and uh, 
I don't know, um, comb your mustaches, and if you don't have one, dream about it, and um, just figure out what kind of mustache you like. <laughs> all right, I'll check y'all later. Bye. Bye. Thank you to all the mustachiosos out there supporting the show. Interact with the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and now Discord. Just click on the link in the show notes. If you really love the show, visit the shop on Bonfire and get yourself a t-shirt. Mustachio Podcastio is the weird uncle of the Podmoth Media Network.